Body count, body count, body count. Yeah, motherfucker. Body count, 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 nigga. You all heard the stories. You know the deal. You know how much I love that song. And what better way to open up an entire podcast dedicated to Body Count's new full-length LP, Manslaughter, than by blasting for yes, Body Count in the house. This is the Metal Hammer of Doom. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge. And like I said, tonight we are finally getting around to tackling the latest album from Thrash Rap Group, Body Count. Fronted by, uh, you, most people probably know him at this point, by that guy, by the, the guy who can't act on, on the Law & Order SUV. He's, he's also in Colors. He's, apparently, he's got his own reality show called Ice T Loves Coco. Yes, former gangster rapper when that was the thing, Ice T. So we're very, I'm very excited about this. Robert Cooper eventually will be uh, joining us. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk to my main man, one of the co-hosts of From the Cheap Seats with Jason T's, the fastest rising podcast here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network, don't you know? <laughs> He uh, he started out as a super fan, then he became our honorary producer, and now he's a podcaster in his own right. His wife tells him to turn that shit down, and she says, no, you sit down. I'll tell you what the what and what. His name is Jesse Saucer. How are you doing, sir? Wow, am I glad to be here tonight, man. This is going to be a fun, fun podcast. I've been looking forward to this for the last, like, Two weeks. I've been wanting to listen to it, and then I got the the urge just to say, man, can I be in on it? Can you let me have a shot to just kind of review it with you guys? And I appreciate you having me here, and I look forward to having a blast tonight. 
Yeah, you're always a part of um, the show one way or the other via comments or sending us pictures and stuff. Uh, and uh, I've heard you on from the chief seats. You've always got something to say when Jason finally gets, gives you a chance to let you say it and doesn't touch you <laughs> off. <laughs> so this is it, man. This is your canvas to paint on. I'm, I'm glad, man. This, I tell you what, body count. I, I know I shared a lot of, uh, you know, I shared a lot of history when you guys did the original album. That was a while back. How long? I mean, that was like, that was a couple months ago when you guys did the uh, 1992 album, wasn't it? It had to have been in at least um, eight, uh, February or March because it was okay. before yeah, so uh, was, it was before I took my hiatus. Okay, all right. So you know, and, and just listening to that album back then, or well, I should say back then, and to rehear it again twenty years later uh, was just—I mean, it, it, it was it was great to listen to and brought back so many memories. Of, of course, you know when uh, when I first heard it and. The the band is, I mean, it's something else. I, back then, when I first heard of Body Count, it was something else. And uh, I, I was excited to hear that they were coming out with this new album. And I'll be darned if, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, I get, let's just say, I got, I'm glad I get a chance to put my input in on it tonight. One of the things I've always enjoyed about Body Count and Ice-T and, uh, bands like this is the they're unabashedly aggressive. There's uh, yes. and and that's actually gonna and I want to transition into something that recently Ice T said. Ice T's been doing a lot of media for Manslaughter. They they they've played on the late shows. Um, there's been a ton of of uh, articles written on the album and Ice T and everything. Um, they've been making the rounds. They're obviously uh, they're also on tour. Uh, for a rock star mayhem, not coming to Florida, weird. But so uh, Ice T's been making the rounds, and he's been actually talking about the uh, the pussification of America, and I'm, we're going to get to that in just a second. But I've always that's I've always enjoyed that about Body Count. They're they're just it's simple aggression, you know. It's it's simple fantasy aggression. I mean, um, when we get to talk shit, get shot. You know that, that that that's a great example of the kind of stuff that Kevin Smith was making fun of when he did uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You know the whole idea of um, you know kids on the internet, you know douchebags on the internet talking shit about people, and just the fantasy of wanting to go to the house and punch them dead up in their shit. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> just right, oh, yeah. just right in the mush. Um, and that's kind of what Ice T does. That that that's that's the intrinsic value of body count is for a little bit you get to play in that world of fantasy of just being uh aggr- and and the other thing about it is when you're a kid, when you know, when you're at least a, at least I was, when you're a teenage boy, you want that soundtrack to your aggression. Uh it's one of the reasons why I was into Pantera as a kid was it was it was the soundtrack to how I felt. It was the soundtrack to to what I did. Uh, Body Count was the same thing. It was just it was the music playing, um, playing how I felt. And you know, and at least like there was a guy that that under, seemingly understood where I was coming from. Um, I mean, does anyone out there want to run around and shoot cops? No, not really. But you know, do you get mad at times that? 
the cop pulls you over because you rolled through a stop sign. Meanwhile, that you ha- hasn't found the bike that was stolen out of your driveway. <laughs> that uh, yeah, thing. exactly. You know and then he, you know, he he does a great job of you know, just like you said, you you get so pissed and you, you, I mean, yeah, I want to, man, I wish I could shoot somebody. There's plenty of people out there just like, man, I just want to shoot somebody or shoot something, and that sounds horrible to say, but you can listen to I see you. Can, you can listen to Ice T sing that shit. You can listen to him talk about it in his music, and or, and Body Count talk about it in their music. And you, not only do you get the the satisfaction of listening to them, you know, talk about what you wanted to do for such a long time, uh, you, you get to sing with them too. And and you know, you run around and cop killer, better you than me. You know, I, I that. That song, even this though I haven't listened to that album, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And that's and that's what makes it beautiful. And that's that's what makes it beautiful, and it just makes it fun. That it makes yeah. listening to this fun. And I, and that's one of the things I enjoy about it is you know how how enjoyable it is to listen to music and actually you know you can see what's going on and that aggression that you're talking about. You can it, it, it gives you that outlet. You're not going to go shoot anybody. You know, let's, let's be honest. You're not going to shoot. Anybody. You're going to, but you have that outlet to, to let to let it to let it go, and you got Ice T out there singing about it, and that's about as good as you're going to get until you start playing Xbox, and and Ice T has a few things to say about that. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. I um, I want to add. I want to add this part to uh, the conversation. And whoever's in the wind tunnel, you fix it. Um, let, me, let me say this much. They're, they're, you know, Ice-T and Body Count tend to uh, ride that line between awesome and silly. It does get a little over the top at times. And somebody can, somebody can um, describe Body Count as grindhouse music. And that's actually the best way that I can describe them, is that they're so they can be so over the top and silly at times that you know, it, it just it just reminds you of Splatterhouse, um, but that's but you know, and, and you think you have to know that going in. If if you're going into this thinking that this is going to be some super serious music and you know with with just awesome musicianship and everything else, you are of course you're going to think the album's retarded. But if you go in, but if you accept the fact that this is pure, it, this is just pure fun. It's candy, you know. It, it's just sugary sweetness for you, you know, for for the violent soul. Then, uh, then you know what it's all about, and you get it. As as, as Vince McMahon once said in the commercial, "Get it." Um, I want to talk a little bit about what Ice T has been saying in the news as far as the the end of manhood and sort of the inspiration for his album Manslaughter. But before I do that, late to the show, but don't uh, but don't fret about it because he always brings goodness. He is, of course, my normal co-host here on the Metal Hammer of Doom. He held it down for me for several weeks and did an awesome job. And he's back right now. He's a working man, don't you understand? Mr. Robert Cooper, how do you do, sir? Oh, I do pretty dandy. You know, sitting here listening to things about Ice-T playing Xbox. and uh, <laughs> This album, you are totally right in that, in this regard, in that regard. That It's like, it rides the line between, there's some really serious and like interesting social commentary and topics, and there's some other stuff. So- 
uh, other times in this album, I feel like Ice-T shaking his cane at kids walking by on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there is a certain element of this where Ice-T is just like, what are you doing with these, what are you doing out there with your long hair and your rock and roll and your blogging? I don't get it. And your vegan but, um, food. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Block> a vegan! <laughs> you know how much in the human body? <laughs> we're we're going to get to that. All right. Um, yeah. I want to get to the album, but we can't talk about the album until we, we talk a little bit about um, this whole uh, concept that, according to Ice-T, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this in 50 words or less, and then we'll get into the album. Um, he's essentially saying manhood is dead. Uh, quote, I think right now you're dealing with classification of the male sex says the ice loves cocoa stars. <laughs> men are just being so passive. I love the way that sentence is written, by the way. Uh, men are just, being, are just being so passive, not standing for something. They're very politically correct. He is quick to differentiate between soft heterosexual men and what he calls the gay male, says T. This has nothing to do with the gay male. The gay male is gay, and I have no problem with that. Thank you for the clarification, Ice T. Men are just soft. It's okay to say you want to be a woman, but try to be a man, and there's something wrong with that. All right, let me go over to you first, Mr. Jesse Starcher. Now, I mean, I, I know you as a fan of, of the podcast and, and through Facebook or whatever. Um, I don't, you know, and, I, and I, you, I see you put up pictures of your kids all the time and all that. Um, manhood, you know, and, and as far as, like, teaching your kids and, uh, and yourself, like, what, is that, what does that mean? Do you... Do you agree with Ice T, and that sort of in, in influences how you do things? Do you disagree and feel like no, you have to do things a certain way? What 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 are your thoughts here? Well, you know, I, to me, I think me and Ice T come from two different places, and I don't know if that's kind of obvious or not. But uh, you know, he grew <laughs> up in the hood. I I grew up in the country, um, and there's I, I think there can be some uh, some truth to what he's saying there. Obviously, he's you know one of the things that you, you just like you said you brought up the pussification of man. Um, and when we listen to that song, or it, when you know when that comes up, you can hear what he's talking about is is you know it's it seems like manhood has not uh, it, it, it it's like it's taken a back seat. Well, you know as a as a, a father the I, I think being a man really mainly is just trying to be there for trying to be there for your kids and um you know i he's talking about standing up for stuff things things of that nature and you can do that i try to teach you know the one thing that I, you, you want to instill in your kids is the the value of right and wrong and to stand up for what's right uh to me, I think that is mainly what. If I'm going to talk about manhood, uh, that's that's what I'm going to try and and say to my son. It's like, look, man, you've got to stand up for what's right, and if you believe in what, if you believe it's right, then you know you you've got a, a duty to stand up for it. Um, but you know, <laughs> the pussification of man. Uh, I, I sit there and think about you know. Remember, I think it was the last album that you guys reviewed was uh there was a nice little song on there uh by steel panther <laughs> pussy whip 
<laughs> you know, that was right. the first, that was the title card. So, you know, that uh, that kind of figures in. I, I kind of thought that that figured into what Ice-T was kind of trying to get around to saying. Like, you know, everybody's, men are becoming softer and, and not as, as, as hard as they should be and, and not, I don't know, I, I, I think that it, it all comes down to standing up for what's right. That's just me. I mean, I, and I, I don't know. I, I don't. Ice T's got a lot of different values than what I what I grew up with. Um, and hey, you know that's what that's just the way it is. Like, give me give me a real quick example of that. What do you mean? Like, well, he has know, a he, different value than you. I, I should I should say that he has he grew up with a lot more hardships than I did. Um, mm-hmm. So. The only thing that he can, the only thing that he has to kind of base his manhood off of is his, you know, what he had to see when he was growing up. Um, and he is the OG. He's the original gangster. And you know, if if I can tell you, I don't know Ice T's biography, but I, uh, from what he puts out there on records and and you know what we've heard, we we understand he's grown up from the hood. Um, he had a lot of stuff that he had to. To fight for, and there are probably different ways of going about fighting for it than I ever had to do. Well, here, let um, me throw this in out there, and then I want to go to Robert real quick. Um, there's a song in here called Get a Job, and it's funny. The chorus of it is, um, you know, he's talking about, like, people who are on food stamps and, you know, people who are just uh, sucking, sucking from the government teeth. There's a difference between sort of trying to get help when you're down and you're locked from the government you know, just enough to pull yourself by your own bootstraps and get back on the horse again. And then there's people who generationally just take from the government. Uh, and he's talking about those people. But it's funny the way he does it. He's like, get a job, learn how to rob. You know? yeah. It's like, dude, it's kind of like what my father used to say. I don't care what you do, just do something, because something is better than nothing. So it's like Ice T's message to the world: get up and get a job, or at least go steal something from somebody else. But don't sit there you know, and, and accept government checks. And I always love to talk about this. Um, in all my years of being a social worker, my most favorite horrible thing that, that I've had to experience is people who, you know, the, the moms who take their kid down to the Social Security office to get them on disability because they have ADHD. No. And, you know, and, you, know, and, and you, you guys maybe know what I'm talking about. The kids don't have yeah. ADHD, but... But it's a, it's a quick way for them to make a buck off their kid. And psychologists, you know, they're just they're trying to make a buck too. So it's a, it's a game system. Um, and that's the kind of thing that, that, that Ice-T is talking about here. Robert, 50 words or less from you. Um, do you think uh, – I mean, this is not something new that Ice-T came up with here. People have been talking about the pussification of America, the pussification of, of men for a while now which is funny to me because the other side of those articles is people saying that, like, you know, women had one year. There was the year of the woman, and then that's it, and they're still hitting glass ceilings. And so you really have just a lot of animus in the culture between the sexes. But I want to hear from you. Do you agree with Ice-T that, uh, that you know, there's a wave of pussification in the culture, or you think he's just, you know, kind of an old man Shouting at, <laughs> shouting at the street, <laughs> and that there's pl- there's plenty of manhood out there. You just got to know where to find it. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I agree partially with what he's saying. Like, heck, you can look at metal, and there's a lot of that. I'm like, yeah, a bunch of fucking woozies. But at the same time, I mean, 
manhood is that's always changing, right? Like it just depends on the societal norms of the time. Like if you compare us to like fucking Sparta, where there was like all about fucking <laughs> beating chest and little boys. Like yeah, that was manhood to them. But they look at us like twenty years ago and mean like yeah, manhood's dead. I mean, I just think it's one of those. It's all really where you're coming from and where you're really how you're looking at it. Because I mean, yeah, like in some ways, manhood is kind of taken. I guess the idea of manhood is really not as strong as it used to be. I mean, those people are still there. I mean, just because you have some people that are, well, I don't know, more sensitive or something, you know, that doesn't mean that manhood's dead. Men are dying and are all going to become a bunch of highly effeminate men like that. uh, Oh, wasn't that a gag in Austin Powers or something? The highly effeminate man. I can't remember. But it was like, (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, he's gay. No, he's just highly effeminate. No, it was probably Mad TV. Anyways. It does, I mean, it's just, it, well, no, that does, I, remind me the, it does remind me of the Big Bang Theory where um, Raj's parents are like, it's true. It, he's doing it. He's coming out of the closet. He was just like, I'm not gay. If anything, I'm metrosexual. And the father just looks at him like, how is that better? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the whole metrosexual thing, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But, I mean, that's been going, been going around for a while, too. I mean, I just think it's not necessarily dead. It's just changing. Like a snake, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, shut up, car. I'm getting gas. <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say, and then I want to get into, I want to get into the album. You know, I, I keep hearing about, and listen, I work, in the, I work in a county jail, and there are a lot of pansies in the county jail, just a lot of crying men talking about how they can't handle anything. You know, if I, if I hear another, I'm anxious and depressed. Well, you're in fucking jail, asshole. Next time, don't rob work. people. <laughs> um, so you get my, my coworker get and job. I, my, my coworker, <laughs> learn how to rob, which they don't know how to do very well. Um, but uh, the, the woman I work with, uh, who's my partner, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. We're just like, seriously, this is, this is a jail full of just womanly men. Just, just a bunch of hysterical women. Um, but okay, but our our view our our view is somewhat skewed. We're talking about people who are who are just broken to begin with, and they're collected into this one institution. However, you know, if I look elsewhere, if I look at you know, like say the armed services, if I look, you know, a group at a bunch of dedicated fathers. Uh, you know, this is what Jesse was getting to. I'm going to see a distinctly different presentation of men. And and yeah. my last thought yeah. on this, and then uh, and then I want to get to uh, I want to get to the first track. Is I listen. You know, every week I do a podcast with Gavin Napier and Chris Evans and Jed Lucid uh, of the Casual Heroes, and we talk wrestling. And I never get the impression talking to those three guys that I'm talking to three womenly fellows. <laughs> you know? Anyone's ever heard that podcast? That's about the furthest thing from, oh, gay, yeah. feminine, you know? I yeah. mean, especially we are, we are rude. fantasy locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are rude, crude, and vile, you know, just, just awful human beings, but I would not call it womanly. So uh, it's, uh, I, I think Ice T's view is somewhat skewed here. Being, you know, he's in Hollywood, and yeah, you're going to see a lot of metrosexual yeah. men in Hollywood. He's in, he's, he's in looking kind of down, like from up high. Right. He, he kind of just sees all those sorts of people. Whereas if he was still probably, you know, back in the hood where he was, I'm sure he'd maybe see things a little differently. Yep. All right. Maybe. 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 
All right, so our first track here also has uh, a video that's been featured, and we're going to get into the controversy of this. This is uh, the first track off of Manslaughter, first video, Talk Shit, Get Shot. Talk Shit, Get Shot! Biscuit. The fuck is a biscuit? <laughs> I've never fucking heard. Like, 
you can get slime with the lime, pictured with the diction. I mean, I can look around my house and just start naming shit. Wavied with the baby. <laughs> I went on a Metro Lyrics or whatever it is, and I straight up copied that shit just so I could actually see what he was fucking saying and try to see how many I, how many I recognized. And I, I watched a few. I watched a few. Uh, I watched. I've watched Boys in the Hood and, and a few of those. You know, a few movies. Uh, Back, back in the 90s, and I can name off a few of those that I've heard, but there's a few that I have no fucking clue. As a matter of fact, there's one part in here where they actually put question marks because they didn't even know what the fuck Ice-T said. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's just freestyling, and at one point he's like, yeah, but the you know, <laughs> with the he's just fucking going Kid Rock on that mic. But, um... <laughs> I let it play. I, I let it play long enough just to get that part out because, like, this. Okay, this is one of those songs where you can say just as many negative things about it as you can say positive. First of all, the beat is awesome. The actual music to it is that is that what exactly what we were talking about. It's that kind of simple aggression. You know, it's it's WWE walkout music. Okay, it, yeah, it's really. Lyrically, is. it's lyrically bereft, but it sounds awesome. And, it, and lyrically, and I want to go to Coop on this, lyrically I felt like it was a really great idea that was stretched way too long in order to fit it into a song. There's so much repetition and so much nonsense. They were just like, okay, essentially you had an idea, but you didn't have enough. It, like the idea wasn't big enough to fit into a song, so you just repeated yourself over and over and over again. This was, this was essentially this was like somebody taking like a techno song and deciding that they were going to write lyrics to it. Yeah, and that's sometimes a problem we get uh, kind of often on this record, and just in a few spots. Like it's not nearly as bad as I thought it'd be. But uh, yeah, like this song here, kind of it does drag a little lyrically just because they're trying to kind of fit the idea of, uh, you know, getting sh- getting shot because you're running your mouth. Well, yeah, but they don't really well, – they're kind of uh, just trying to savor all their time until they hit the point with uh, – they start naming all the slang parts for guns. Then every single person listening is just looking around like, what? Is that a Was he hanging out? Was he like – Shooting reality had too much time on his hands, you know, like too much time shooting reality shows that maybe he couldn't write. So he's just like, uh, uh, quick, uh, what, where mind you, Ernest the Cat Miller? Like, it's just <laughs> random. Yeah. Just like, wiggle with the wiggle. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah it was like, randomly. it's like, I have an idea for a song. Talk, get shot. What are the lyrics? Talk shit, get shot. No, Ice, you got to do a little bit more than that. You can get niggled with the wiggle, twisted with the biscuit. All right, all right, Ice. Yeah. You're fucking, maybe, you got to rest and drum. Maybe them and, him and Steel Panther went to the same school of writing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the, the video for this. The video is actually thoroughly more interesting than the song. Like I said, the song is one of those things where like, I, I would play it at 7 o'clock in the morning. It gets me, like, amped and, like, ready to go to work, and I'm just bouncing in my seat and everything, but that's because I'm not really thinking about the lyrics. 
Um, like I said, it's it's I, I this one is a very shallow lyrical song. The video is actually. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on uh, a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me let me just ask you guys a real quick question, then we'll go to the video. In in regards to the rest of the songs on this album, would you say that this is the best one to open with? Um, yeah, hmm. I, no, I, I don't think there's a better song they could have opened with, considering the amount of repetition in the rest of these songs, or the, you know, the fact that none of them have the aggressive beat of this one. I, 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 thought, I thought, from a musical standpoint, this was their best song. Go ahead, <laughs> I hear you. All right. Well, uh, oh, yeah. Coop, well, you Well, I said you disagreed, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was uh, swiping my card here at the gas station. Uh, you know, the way I kind of look at it is, I guess, think this is the best song to open with just because uh, because of the repetition of it. Like, it's one of those, like, it's not some high-concept song that's really hitting you hard or making you think, like, really hard. It's one of those songs that's like, okay, what what would a body count sound like? And this is kind of what this is. It's okay. It's lyrically simple. It's kind of you know bring us to an idea that you don't usually see in metal, as we talked about last time, as we'll be getting into many times, I'm sure, during this podcast. But uh, yeah, this I think this was probably one of the best foot feet they could have put forward, just because of the because uh, it was so simple. And well, yeah, it did drag on for a bit, and it was a bit silly. It didn't. It wasn't egregiously so. Like it wasn't offensively like long. Like they didn't start right. going into like a four minute like guitar solo with a drum fill, and then like a breakdown. <laughs> no, I mean it right. was it was good. It was good for what it was. Now it's definitely by far not the best song on the album, but it's still solid. Like you know, there is well, there are you, many can... things you could do that are worse. I can. I can tell you that jumping, you know, just when I first heard the album, you know, obviously you, the first thing it's going to you want to grab you is that first song, and mm-hmm. that's when I first heard this album, I was like, I was like, okay, now this is they're fucking bringing the shit. This is this is yeah. the way to get it started right here. So I, I, I love that's what I loved. Number one, I loved this. I loved the beat of the song, and I loved where it was placed on the album. I thought that was awesome. All right, so the video. It opens with uh, a black gentleman in a, in a grocery in a bodega, and they, they're just talking shit. They're just the t- you know, two guys are, talk- are listening to this one guy, and he's just going on and on and on. And then, he, and then it, it, he says, oh, there's a new Body Count album out. And they start making fun of Ice-T. You know, it's just like, Ice, <laughs> it's like hashtag Ice-T, I prefer lemonade. And it's funny. Nah. It's like legitimately He's like legitimately funny some of the stuff that he's saying, but he's talking shit about yeah. body count. And then, and then one of those, one of those like like mystery science theater type moments, you know, Ice T sort of appears in his cell phone and tracks him into the phone. And the next thing you see is the band. He's on stage tied up with the band, and they're performing "Talk Shit Get Shot." Um, and there's a bunch of white kids all moshing, stage diving, and whatnot, like you do. And he's just tied up on the stage looking rather perplexed. Um, the next thing is they shoot a hipster with a vegan T-shirt on a skateboard. 
a middle-aged hipster on a vegan on a skateboard. Oh, um, even worse. Those are the worst times. And they and and yeah, and they shoot and I and I Jesse, I believe he's he says on his uh, on his cell phone like body count blows or something like that, and, he, and then he gets shot. Is that right? That, yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's something like that. He's he's typing a bunch of shit on there. Given given, uh, he's on Twitter or Chatter, I believe is what it's called on the video. Chatter. <laughs> <Quarter>. <laughs> All right. So he's making fun of body count, he gets shot. In the next in the next sequence, you see a uh, looks like an up, you know, a guy in a suit, white man, uh, elder white man in a suit. He's accompanied by an elder white woman. They're both, you know, dressed for success. And again, something about body count negative is said. They both get shot. Um, I don't remember what the third sequence is, but it's yet another white. Oh, it's two old. It's two old white women, and they're just like, oh my god, body count is. They have no business being on. They have no business being on chatter or whatever the hell they're on there. They they should just be eating their tea and crumpets. I don't understand. They didn't even finish the tweet though. (laughs) I was like, damn, they're not even done. But they were like, oh, my God, body count is the worst thing ever, and it's terrible for society, and they roll up on him and get shot. All right, that's the, that, that's the video. Of course, because it's iced tea and, you know, and because he had the audacity to film a video where he runs around shooting people saying negative shit on Twitter, immediately, you know, immediately the, our fucking borderline retarded media – Says it's racist. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse, your reaction to the video and to, and again, if you think it's racist, fine. But I'm going to continue to to use the term borderline intellectually retarded media. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, there you have it. They, they, you know where I'm coming from. I hear you. Uh, no, I, I I watched this video like ten minutes before I got on here just to make sure because you know. There was supposedly a big blow up about it, and come on, I I'm not going to look at this and say, oh, that's 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 absolutely 100% racist. I mean, if the dude had a a shirt on um, that uh, you know I don't know said Tea Party or something like that, or or just you know we we could obviously see that he he was trying to make a statement or or just. He, that's not the case here. The video is about people talking shit and people getting shot. It's there, just like you said at the beginning. It's that fucking simple. Um, I got on, you know, shortly after that, I got on uh, the internet and I was like, well, okay, let's see what, you know, where this racist stuff is coming from. And I, I hopped on TMZ, and I don't know if you guys saw the article there, but. Uh, they asked Ice T. One of the photographers asked Ice T. and said, well, "You know, hey, what, what's the deal? This, this what's it, what do you think about this whole racism thing in your video?" And he said that, "Well, they only brought us white people to shoot." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it's Ice T's fault in any way. And I don't think we should, put, should be pointing fingers at body count on, in this case, but I absolutely do not think this is racist. It's it's simple, uh, and it's it's you know it's fun to watch. That's my point. Okay, well, a couple couple things. One, the director's white. Before anyone says, "Aha, it's the director's fault," clearly he's racist. Oh, no, there we he's go. White too. He's white too. Right. Um, let me let me say this. <laughs> this is a self-loathing white guy. No, look, 
why is it that in any kind of media presentation, especially when somebody wants to make a quick uh, snipe, a quick negative comment, it's immediate, it immediately goes to race. Like everybody in the video couldn't have been identified by any other characteristics than the color of their skin. We're not, I mean, I, when I gave you the description of the video, I specifically said there's a, guy, there's a hipster, middle-aged, on a skateboard, and a shirt that says vegan. So I've already given you a description of what this guy looked like. I did not want to say he was white. Didn't have to. That's not, that, was not a, that was not an important characteristic in this video. But then again, I'm not borderline intellectually retarded. You know, I can see, you know, I can see aspects of other people besides their skin color. But it's like, it's like any time, I, I used to really be into politics, and part of the reason why I sort of backed away is if you ever want to take somebody down politically, just call them a racist. It doesn't matter if you have proof. It doesn't matter if they've actually done anything racist. If you do it, everyone, you know, people resign from their seats in Congress. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, they have to go and apologize. My favorite thing about this, and, and I'm going to let Coop finish up and we're we'll going on to the next song, is uh, the South Park episode where Randy, I don't know if you guys watch South Park, but Randy's on Wheel of Fortune. And the puzzle is N blank G G E R S. And the, and the hint is people that annoy you. <laughs> And you know what Randy says. He's just so happy about this. He's just like, niggers! <laughs> the camera guy look over, like, look at him, and everyone's like, <gasps> you know. And suddenly Randy, who's one of the liberal characters on the show, doesn't have a racist bone in his body, is suddenly declared a racist and has to kneel down and apologize to Jesse Jackson. <laughs> this is... Yeah, no, well... I, I, Sharpton may have been on the show, but the part I remember was Jackson going, apologize. Yeah, apologize. <laughs> that was funny. N dash do, do I have to say it? <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. Are you sure? Like, this could go really bad. No, sir, say it. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. It naggers. Naggers. And then he gets in trouble for apologizing context. to. Right. And it's just. The situation with it is bereft of any context. It just immediately is like he's a racist without any, you know, without any further knowledge of the situation. And, and that's the, and to me, that's the story of this video. It was, we don't like Ice T. We don't like what he's saying in his music. So we're gonna look at this video. Oh, there's no black people in it. Therefore, it's racist. I mean, it's such bullshit. Last words, Coop, and then we're gonna move on. Yeah, one of my friends is like, you know, just the black guys, you know, wouldn't have got tied up. And I'm like, you're right. But no, I don't think it's really racist. I mean, have you seen Ice T's wife? She's wife? <laughs> Ish? I've seen, I've seen way too much of Ice T's wife, thank you very much. How wide does your wife watch, watch Ice and Coco? No, but her body parts are all over Twitter, and therefore they're all over 411 Mania. Yeah, that's true. I once uh, met a, I once pretty much made a friend at a used bookstore. He's like, man, you write four and one. I'm like, yeah. He goes, man, next time you are there, tell them to get more uh, cocoa on there. <laughs> and that's why they do it. I'm like, all right, all right Mike, whatever you say. 
One more time. This is track number two. This is Pray for Death. Pray! Pray for Death! more simpler than that. Not entirely certain what he's singing about. Apparently he apparently apparently he's just killing people in this song and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Jesse? Oh, he's got a reason. I think in this this is definitely a revenge song. Um he's pissed off at somebody. Uh and he's just at the beginning, I mean he mentions he's like, You crossed the wrong motherfucker. And apparently he did because he takes the, I mean, he really goes into detail what he's going to do with this guy. I mean, detail. At one point that he's going to transfuse him with new blood just so he could continue to torture his ass. Um, and, I mean, he pissed, he, whoever this was pissed him off. And, of course, again, we're going back to the fantasy the fantasy lyrics, the fantasy, you know, the, the fantasy uh, content. This is one of those songs that definitely he's painting a picture with all these words, and it, it's almost like watching, you know, or watching the watching a Saw movie or, or something worse than that. Uh, but uh, it, he he definitely takes it to this guy in this one. Okay, uh, Coop, what'd you think of the song? Uh, I thought this was pretty much like. Just a song. Another one that was like, cool, okay, good. It had a pretty cool riff to it. Like, yeah, it's okay, nice little catchy chorus. And, yeah, it, it was like, I kind of give this one a pass just because the first song well, was kind of like that. Like, I, I give it a pass just because it was a pretty cool opener. This one's like the one that I'm like, all right, I'll give this one, this one, this will be the last pass. But it was another <laughs> the last pass I'm giving you. Yeah, like the, the first one was, I was like, okay, okay, it's a pretty cool opener. I can see why it's there. All right, all right you're good. And then this next one, I'm like, okay, it was a little repetitive, but it was still good. It was still solid. You get a pass this time. Next one, um, I'll be uh, like, <laughs> Okay, I, uh, <laughs> oh boy, do we have some stuff to talk about with this next one. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to move on from this because I, I really, it was, to me, it was a nothing song. 
It was about nothing. I, I've, I've listened to plenty of Cannibal Corpse uh, to hear songs about mutilating people. And unless there's a good reason for it, I mean, you know, killing people just to kill them isn't interesting to me. And that's why I, you know, the beat of the song wasn't that interesting to me. Neither was the lyrical content. So um, this one, you know, so, so the album for me kind of takes a sharp dive after Talk Shit Gets Shot with this one. Moving on to 99 Problems. Now, here's a story from a man named Brady. So Ice-T, back in, I believe, 1999, uh, as Ice-T, the solo artist, gangster from uh, Crenshaw, Los Angeles, did an album called Home Invasion. And on that album, he got one of the guys, I think Marquise, from Two Live Crew. And they did a song about all the women that they've ever loved before. And it went like this. Yeah, last year a lot of motherfuckers asked me why I didn't do no sex nasty shit. But this year I went down to Miami and got my nigga from Two Live, brother Marquise in the house. Yeah, I'm the motherfucking nigga. Yeah, we gonna answer the question about girl problems. All these niggas is having girl problems, Mark. Huh, tell them, man. Tell them, Let me tell you what time it is. I got a hope from the east, got a hope from the west, got to hold it like a jacket off and rub it in a chest. I got a hope from the north, a hope from the south. I hold it like a sucking lung and hold it in my mouth. I got a bitch with hair, a bitch with none, a bitch with a knife, a bitch with a gun, a bitch with an ass big as a TV set. And there's a bitch over there, hey, the one I'm gonna get the yo, but maybe not. She might not like me though. No sweat to a vet, I slam a sister though. Word. I send the whole damn herd. I fuck them all and leave them on the curb. I got a bitch with a mink who rocks a fat gold link. Who likes to fuck me with that ass up on the kitchen sink. Got a bitch with tits, a bitch with ass, a bitch with none. But hey, I give her a pass and I love them all. I love them crazily and they love me back. That's why they stay with me. So if you're having girl problems, I'll prepare for your son. Got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit it. So a couple of years later, an artist, former drug dealer, and one of uh, allegedly one of the most overrated rappers in history, Jay-Z, stole the hook from, well, he didn't steal it, borrowed and paid for the hook from that song. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one hit me. And uh, wrote a song around it, which in my opinion was imminently better <laughs> than the actual 99 problems. And it was called 99 problems. Uh, which, by the way, is one of my wife's favorite songs. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So uh, they paid royalty. Uh, Jay-Z paid royalties. The song became a big hit for him, and most people now associate 99 Problems with Jay-Z. They don't know that it's originally an Ice-T song. So Ice-T decided in his own imitable fashion to steal it back, and this is what he came up with. Yo, check this out. I got a hoe from the east, I got a hoe from the west, got a hoe that likes to jack it off and rub it in her chest. I got a bitch from the north, got a bitch from the south, got a bitch that likes to suck it long and hold it in her mouth. I got a bitch with hair, a bitch with none, a bitch with a knife, a bitch with a gun, a bitch with ass big as a TV set. And there's a bitch over there, hey, the one I'm going to get, but yo, but maybe not. She may not like me, though. No sweat to a vet, I'll rock a sister, though. Word. 
I rock the whole damn herd. Fuck them all and leave them on the curb. I got a bitch with a mink who rocks a fat gold link who likes to fuck me with her ass upon the kitchen sink. I got a bitch with tits, a bitch with ass, a bitch with none. But hey, I give her a pass and I love them all. I love them crazily and they love me back. That's why they stay with me. So if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit me. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son Got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one Got a bitch that's old, a bitch that's new A bitch who loves velvet and the color's blue I got a bitch that's fat, a bitch that's built A bitch all the titties give out powdered milk I got a bitch who's funny, a bitch you ain't A bitch that can sing, a bitch who can't I got a bitch that loves fucking on an airplane I even got a bitch off Soul Train. I got a bitch who rolls ragtop bins. Long ends. I got a bitch who's broke as a bum. But she's the most fun. I got a bitch that plays piano, a bitch you don't. A bitch that dances naked, a bitch that won't. A bitch who's short, a bitch who's tall. A bitch who burns my phone out with priority calls. And I love them all. I love them crazily. And they love me back. That's why they stay with me. So if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son. Got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit me. I used to have a bitch that would burn out my phone priority calls, but that's not what's important right now. Okay, so Ice T, Ice T essentially took, and this one makes me makes my head hurt, took the best parts of Jay Z's '99 Problems and said, "I'm gonna do the exact same song song I did back in '99, but I'm gonna do it a cappella, and then I'm gonna do it over Jay Z's '99 Problems." And all I can say is. And I'm going to shut up after this and just let you guys comment so that we can move on from this. But all I can think about during that whole song is two things. One, I so don't care about your collection of women, number one. Number two, there's a movie uh, reviewer who I like, uh, Confused Matthew. I've talked about him a bunch on Long Road to Ruin. And uh, in his review of The Desolation of Smog, there's uh, there's a scene where they're escaping from uh, the elves in, in barrels. And he keeps saying the line, this is like a video game that I can't play and therefore is not interesting to me. And that's kind of what this song reminds me of. I got, I got a lot of women and you ain't got none. I'm like, you're absolutely right, Ice. You've got lots of women. I've just got my wife. What are we talking about here? It's like it's, this is one of those things that I hate about rap music, and and normally Body Count does a really good job of staying away from this sort of thing, but in this case they embraced it wholeheartedly. It's like, look at me, I've got a lot of money, I've got lots of drugs, I've got lots of jewelry, and I've got lots of women, and aren't I great and aren't I wonderful? Worship at the altar of me, and I listen to that and go, that's so uninteresting. I'm getting bored just thinking about it. I don't care about you and your stupid life. I don't even read articles about people who I do like. Like, you know, like I don't, I don't get autographs from, you know, guys that I'm interested in, like you know, Clutch, for example. Like, I, I don't care about Clutch like that. I want to listen to their music, and then I never want to hear them talk because you're beautiful when you don't talk, you see. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, it, so <laughs> So it thoroughly annoys the living shit out of me to hear a song like this. It's like, all right, we got it. 
you love pits and ass, good for you. Jesse, your thoughts? Oh, let's get something straight right off the bat here. Neil Fallon does not talk. He <laughs> preaches. <laughs> right. Callback. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. You know, the one, the one thing that we go on to this song here, and I'll tell you right now, almost every single song on this album made it over to my playlist on Spotify. I've got a big metal playlist on there. And there are about, uh, I think, two songs that didn't make it on there, and this would be one of them. Um, I just don't understand why this song had to be on that album. Uh, I really, really do not. There's a time and a place, and apparently Ice-T thought this was the only place, I I guess. I don't know. but and, And just like you said, and this is one of the, I, I like this album, all right? This is one of the inconsistencies of this album because when we get a few more tracks down, we're going to hear a song that absolutely tears this fucking song to, to shreds. And I, it, because, you know, when we, and we'll, we'll come back to it once we get down there. I, at least I'll, I'll mention it again. But, I mean, it's – I the, and let me just go ahead and say one more thing, and I'll, I'll get off the soapbox. This is why I listen to this show. So if anybody is listening, this is why I listen to this show. Going into this show, I thought Jay-Z fucking wrote this shit. I did not know that Ice-T wrote this shit. So I learned something new, and when when I first heard this song, I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this, Ice-T? There's no reason to be redoing Jay-Z's 99 Problems. Well, I was a little incorrect there. I apologize. But, uh, but yeah, I absolutely do not believe this song should be on there at all, and I don't know if anybody's read anything as to why he put it on there, but I don't think it belongs there. You know, Chris Christopherson, I think, wrote the original um, Sunday Morning Coming Down, but the one that I'm familiar with is Johnny Cash's version. Same thing with All on the Watchtower. I think that's Bob Dylan who originally wrote that, but then uh, it was played by Jimi Hendrix, and, and everyone kind of universally just says it's Jimi Hendrix's song. You know, yeah. 99 Problems, as far as I'm concerned, is Jay Z's song? It's it's so much better. It's got so much. It's got such a such a better story to it, and it isn't just I got a bitch. 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 I've got the rest. Robert Cooper. Here's a bitch. There's a bitch. Everywhere a bitch. Bitch. Oh, big guy. He had a bitch. And the problem yeah, yeah, was yeah. not oh. them. And the problem was not them. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I'm like, okay, why is he? I was like, 99 problems. I'm like, I don't remember it being like this. I see why you cover this. This is weird. But see, now I know because it sounds like to me he's taking his song back. <laughs> just like, just like uh, Jay and Clerks too. He's taking it back. He's taking Let it back. Let me ask you a question. I'm taking it back. Let me. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Cooper. What does Bane think of all this? Bane was wondering what would break the iced tea first, his resolve or the fact that he didn't get credit for the song. <laughs> uh, does, Bane, does Bane have a lot of bitches? I've got 99 problems, and the destruction of Gotham is not one. <laughs> He's got I don't 99 have problems. 
99 problems and, and a bad ain't one. It's, uh, he's now not a problem because I broke his back and threw him in prison. But bitch is all a problem right now because, you see, I have a crab on my face. I can't do much with it. It's hard. I love Bane. It's hard when it I love it when Bane shows up. When Bane shows up, the, the show is on a roll. That's right. This show has 99 problems and a Bane ain't one. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. thank you, Robert. Yeah, you're welcome. Any <laughs> chance? But yeah, uh, I'm a little bit rusty, as you can tell. I was say, nothing like putting you on the spot, right? Yeah, yeah. I just don't do it. I don't do it as much because I don't want to troll the warden too much. But anyways, yeah, I guess he's just taking the song back, just show. I guess just showing kind of a oh look, yeah, this was my song. Is that, uh, I I like the way if you look at what Jay Z did with it instead of like uh you know like Ice T was bragging about uh I got all the bitches that's why I don't have the problem uh, it wasn't Jay Z's kind of about like you know I don't have the bitches aren't my problem it's everything else right right yeah I mean yeah, yeah I mean Jay Z yeah I mean I like the way that it's kind of twisted and turned it into more social. Commentary. I mean, I'm not a huge Jay Z fan. I don't listen to Jay Z any. Cause no, this is easily the only song I've by Jay Z that I like. Yeah, I think that's like the only only ones. Like I've heard that Holy Grail song a few times, but I, I'm like, Holy Grail? You mean the band? You mean Monty Python? <laughs> All right. All right. Here's a song that that uh, here's a song that comes close to my heart. We all know I've worked with substance abusers uh, for the better part of ten years. This one's called Back to Rehab. You say you're done getting high. Bullshit. You say you took your last drink. Bullshit. You're checking in next week. Bullshit. You say you're finished with drugs. Bullshit. You say you're done getting high. Do I look like a fool to you? You say you had your last drink. Tell that to somebody else, man. You're checking in next week. And you expect me to believe that? drugs okay um so we're finally into some better songs again um after a, a few there that were not so great um this is more this is more of the ice tea social commentary hour uh i actually like I, I thought this was one of the stronger songs on the album it actually had you know lyrics um it had a chorus it had it was talking about something and it went somewhere and you know for ice tea and body count 
uh, I thought this was uh, I, I I thought they didn't they really nailed this one. Um, I, and I could definitely see this one being on Jesse's playlist. It's on there. Um, I like the song. I, I definitely I definitely like it. Uh, it's uh, it, it's one of those songs where you could tell you know Body Count is is trying to get across. You know who hasn't wanted to. I, I, I can tell you right now, I haven't had, you know, in my personal family life, I haven't had to deal with anybody that, you know, had a drug addiction problem or anything like that, so I'm very thankful for that. But I could just imagine the frustration of somebody that has had to deal with that. And just just by what he's getting across here, it's kind of easy to see that, yeah, uh, you know, you can tell this guy's frustrated. Along with everybody else that's frustrated, they want to, you know, there's a point where he says, well, maybe we should just beat your ass and then take you in. I mean, they want to get this guy help. And, that, and that's, one of the, that's one of the good things about the song. You know, it, it sounds, it, what they're trying to do is get this dude help. And, uh, but it, he's saying a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people may not have the courage to say to somebody who's, who's suffering from something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, this is, uh, I mean, yeah, this song, when I was first listening to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, back to rehab. But then when I was, you know, kind of listening into it through the second half of it, I'm like, oh, this song's actually really trying to get across something, you know, trying to just kind of t- tell a story almost of, you know, like just the frustration that comes when you have somebody that needs to go to rehab and they come or they come out too early. And you're, you're, you as a friend or as a family member are trying to get them back in there for their own good, and they just refuse. And, you know, that's... Uh, that is it's really interesting, and I can't imagine just how big of a just heartbreaking pain it is to try to get that person in there because you're like, yeah, you want them with you, but you want them better. And, you know, like one of the lines is like, no, we don't hate you. <laughs> like one of the lines is like, no, we don't hate you. We just want you better, you know, which is I'm sure something that probably has been said to one of those guys in the band at one point, like, oh, you guys just hate me. You don't want me uh, around. I'm like, no, we just want you better. And yeah. this is another one of those songs that, like, I feel like it's unique, really. Like, you're not going to see this in metal or, I mean, you don't all really see it much in hip-hop or what I've heard. But this is maybe a song that uh, you might hear maybe something a little folky, but this is almost just unique in the fact you don't really hear many, that many artists talking about one needing to send somebody into rehab. Like, hey, yeah, I mean, a song lot- I remember. The only song I remember that was about rehab was by Amy Winehouse. You see where that went? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) I think there's there's an element of of people. You know what it is? Like, I think about um, rock music and metal, and what ends up coming up with is stories about being on drugs, being strung out, Mm -hmm. uh, being a slave to your particular vice. But you're right. They're, they're, in some cases, they, you know, you hear cries for help. But a lot of it is um, not as straightforward as this. You know, you're not going to hear yeah. a song called Back to Rehab done by Metallica. But what you might hear is a song, you know, called Chasing the Dragon, which is a euphemism for, hero, for doing heroin. Yeah. Something like that, you know, along, along those lines. You know, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers is a really good example of the kind of song I'm talking about. Um, Aren't those but usually I, like but, from the perspective of the person who needs the rehab? That's that, that's another good point. You know, yeah, you're not going to see too many. So you're not going to see too many. 
first of all, it's not a cool thing to nag your friend to go to rehab. <laughs> and, and rock music is all about wanting to look cool, right? So you're not going to see, you know, like silver chair. You know, please, please, please check yourself in. You know, you're not going to see that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about silver chair. <laughs> From all the bands in the world. Yeah, silver chair. They're the epitome of cool. <laughs> Blind Melon <laughs> says go back to rehab. Uh, uh, welcome to the totally 90s. <laughs> welcome to totally sublime. 90s here at the. Yeah, some sublime. He's going to rehab. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> sublime would have been a good one. All right. Um, Please go back to rehab. Wait. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you have to stop murdering the. You have to stop murdering the singer first. <laughs> All right. Speaking of murdering Courtney Love. This is the track five, Man's I know Jamie Jost is on Pop Bubble. Um, is that him again, or is that someone else? I, you know? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, huh, is it Jasta? Like, I was, didn't think it sounded like Jasta, but it wasn't Ice-T. No, it was, it was not Ice-T, ice. that's for certain. Um, like, I'm going to say it's Jamie Jasta gotten... just because... <laughs> less whiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that it might have been just. Maybe there's a. Let me look it up. Well, maybe they have metal archives. 
I'm, yeah, I'm okay. trying to look right now. I'm hopping on. I'm on Google trying to figure it out. Well, I mean, yeah, I went uh, on the. Um, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page for manslaughter, and Jamie Dust gets credit for pop bubble, but nothing. No one's getting credit for manslaughter. So, for lack of a better, for, for lack of any other knowledge about it, we're just going to say Jamie Dust. That's, that's Jamie Dust just screaming at the beginning. Good enough for me. Um, All right. Moving here, on. We talked about. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, what manhood means and everything. And, you know, he's pretty clear in this that, uh, you know, he gives a shout-out to his dad. I know, and I, I didn't say this before, but I know that my dad, as far as what being a man is supposed to be, was my biggest influence, you know. Um, and while my, my, my father doesn't necessarily fill out the means of what's commonly known as manliness, I mean, he's not into sports, he's not into hunting, he's not into cars – He's into show tunes and Broadway and musicals and Barbara Streisand and movies. Um, so that's my father. But uh, my father was also in the Army. Um, you know, he's got several degrees. Uh, you know, he's a smart dude. Um, you know, and he uh, – I remember I had second degree – second or third degree burns – on my body from uh, being out in the sun too long with my friends. Like we were, like we were out, I think at Lake George in New York and I, I didn't put anything on. We were out in the sun all day at the beach and I literally had welts all over my body. And my father's, you know, like my father's just calling me every name in the book. And when he put the ointment on me, he was like, good. I hope it hurts. You know, he was definitely the kind of guy that if I fell, he was like, all right, get up, walk it off. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, manliness comes in all shapes and sizes, I think. And, you know, I think more, more importantly than all of that, he's always taught me to be responsible for my own actions. He's taught me to try to, you know, take, take care of myself, don't depend on others, um, and take responsibility for your own actions. I don't know how any other way to define manhood other than with some of the more um, surface things, you know, like I said, hunting and cars and sports and all of that. Uh, so, you know, when Ice-T says, you know, like, people like my father, that's what, that's how the song spoke to me. I was like, my, my father is as manly as anybody I've ever met. Um, because for me, when I, you know, I talked about the guys in the jail, you know, the guys who can't handle anything, the guys that don't take responsibility for their own actions, you know, they're sitting there and they're whining, I shouldn't be here, you know, or they're, uh, or they're, they're the new Freddy Krueger. I didn't do anything. You know, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> a little shout out to Long Road to Ruin there. But, uh, you know, that, 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 that's it. That, that was kind of my takeaway from the song. I mean, I, to a degree, as I said before, I, I agree with Ice-T that there's a certain um, denuding of men in the culture. But it's, but it's kind of like Fight Club. If you push it down here, it'll pop up in these other places, and it does. So maybe it gets pushed out of the mainstream, and what, what's acceptable in the mainstream is more of a you know, metrosexual or a completely non-threatening male. So then threatening males will show up someplace else, you know, and it's, you just got to look for it. Coop, your thoughts, manslaughter? Uh, first, I must make my really bad one-lining reference joke. 
if only they could have made this about uh, Fedor Emelianenko's pride, you know, running pride. We could have called it can slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I make a joke about cans, I'm like, Fedor, and most people are just looking around. I'm like, eh? <laughs> But, yeah, manslaughter is, uh, again, yeah, we already we covered kind of the, the topic of the song. I mean, I guess in terms of manliness, I, uh, I can't say I really looked at anybody who's necessarily manly in my life. Because, I mean, I guess sometimes when I do think of manly, I do kind of, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess not manly in terms of like the conquering hero manly, but you know, like my, but like my stepdad really he kind of taught me how to how to roll. You know, just uh, be nice to people, be good to people, try to be be there for people. You know, be good, be a good guy. I mean, that's being a man. That's what I see. Kind of like uh, what Jesse was talking about, stand up for what you believe in. That's that's being a man, I think. And yeah, man, I don't think manhood's like I said earlier. Manhood's not necessarily dead. It's just maybe changing a little. And I'm sure, uh, you know, now that Ice T's in a different situation and he's getting older, maybe he's just seeing things as different. Because, you know, he's not looking at manhood doesn't have to be the same in the places he is now compared to where he was. Because, you know, where he was, he you have to be, like, kind of rough and tough and kind of hardened to a certain edge because to survive, you just need that. And where he's at now, it's just like, yeah, let's Kim Kardashian do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have anything else you want to add here before we move on, Mr. Jesse Starcher? I'll I'll throw one thing in there, something real recent that I just saw. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Louis, uh, the show that's I've been watching on Netflix right now. I don't know if you guys watch. It stars the Louis C.K. But there was this episode, and it, this song just reminded me of this and, and, and listen to this discussion. There's this episode where he goes in, and he's on a date, and he goes into this uh, – uh, the sandwich shop or something and these kids come in there and they're really loud and it's a bunch of like you know 18 year old you know douchebags that come in there and they're being just obnoxious as shit and Louie turns around you know in front of his date and very manly says hey could you guys keep it down and uh, so one of the boys comes over and basically just says you know hey how about you, you shove it up your ass pretty much and pretty much challenges Louie to a fight. He's like, you know, why don't you, why don't you tell me you're sorry? And, and, and why, why don't you ask me not to beat your ass? And I thought at that moment that Louie was, he was getting so humiliated and so, you know, oh my gosh, he's in front of his date. He's not acting like a man. So I felt so bad for him. So it ends up that he's like, okay, I'm sorry, and, and uh, please don't beat my ass. He says this in front of his date. So as the kids are leaving, of course, the woman's not interested in him at all. You know, she thinks that's a huge turnoff. Well, Louie decides he's going to follow this kid, and, you know, the whole episode, I'm like, oh, he's going to catch up to him. He's going to beat his ass or something, you know. He's going to stand up for what, you know, he's going to stand up or make this kid pay. He ends up following the kid to his home, and when he goes into the house, or when, when he knocks on the door, he meets the, the kid's parents. And, of course, the kid, you know, is upstairs, and, and the dad is like, well, what do you need, you know, talking to Louie? And Louie's like, well, listen, your, your kid threatened me tonight. And so the dad yells for the kid to come down there, and uh, at, right in front of Louie just starts beating the kid's 
head. I mean, just starts whipping his ass. And uh, at that point, Louis says, "Hey, hey, why don't you stop beating it on him? Obviously, that's the way. That's the way he turned. The reason he turned out the way he is is the way you treat him." And for a comedy show, there were some parts that were funny, but it had such a message because at the end, you know. The, the he they obviously the, the family throws him out, but as he's leaving, the father comes out and they have a discussion about how, hey, that's how I was brought up, you know, that's how I was brought up. I was my my dad beat me, so I beat my kid, and you know, Louis's like, well, don't do that, and, and you know, that to me was more of a manly thing, and more of a you know spoke more manhood i guess you would say than actually challenging this 18 year old kid to a fight and getting your ass beat in front of a woman um and i'll, I'll cut it hang off on, there i want to I, I want to hang on one second jesse i want to cut you off there and remind people that um i think it was memorial day weekend three people got shot on clearwater beach and a few months ago a former hillsborough county uh sheriff's deputy shot somebody for being on their phone in the theater. So I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> you know, getting into, getting into fist fights. Actually, I want to tell a quick story. Um, before, because I don't think I've actually told this one on the air. Uh, maybe oh, I have. Oh, boy, I hope I have, this is a graphic as the last story. <laughs> Stop me if you think you've heard this one before. Um, no, this, is not, this doesn't involve Bukaki. I'm sorry. Uh, oh damn! <laughs> he slimed me. When I went, <laughs> when I went to go see uh, the Winter Soldier, you know, this was April fourth, and little did we know Jonas was uh, going to be born nine days later. But but this was right in the middle of a month long period where he could have been born at any minute. So we were on high alert. My wife was basically, you know, said. My wife basically said to me, go see Captain America. I know that if you don't, you'll pout. And if there's one thing I can't stand about you is when you pout. So, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so go see you Captain act America. Like a little bitch, I'll let you go. Yeah, I pretty much. You act oh, like my. a little bitch. <laughs> More or less. It's like, it's like there's a lot of things I can tolerate about you, but you pouting because you didn't get to go see your superhero movie is not one of them. Um, so she's like, go to the movie, but obviously if I go into labor, you're going to have to leave. And I said, okay, obviously I'm, I'm not going to argue with you there. She's like, keep your phone, keep, keep, keep the, the ringer on your cell phone in case there's an emergency. And I said, okay, fine. Like I said, it wasn't that long ago we had a former Hillsborough County sheriff's deputy shoot someone and kill them in a movie theater here in Florida because the guy was on his cell phone for whatever the reasons were. And um, so with that on my mind and, and thinking about having to keep my cell phone on, I'm, I'm in the theater. It was a double feature. They showed the first Avenger, and then they showed the Winter Soldier. And I sit down. Guy comes, this guy comes in, an elder gentleman. He's got his popcorn. He's got his soda, uh, sweatpants, and a button-down shirt. You know, comic book fan. And he, uh, he sits down next to me, and I said to him, like, sir, I just want to give you fair warning I have to have my cell phone on. My wife is pregnant. She's going to go into, she can go into labor at any time, and I need to know that. I promise I won't be on my phone during the movie. If it rings, I will leave the theater. And I stopped short of saying, please don't shoot me. Please, please don't shoot me. <laughs> not in the face. Not in the face. <laughs> not in the face. 
I'm not supposed to get bullets in that eye. Um, but the guy just looked at me like I was on, like I was on drugs. He was like, what? I, okay, sir, you got it. Like, my soda and popcorn. But I mean, we we went to, you know, like everyone goes to the beach on July, on July 4th weekend, right? Not this family. We went to Typhoon Lagoon because I'm not going to no fucking beach and getting myself shot. <laughs> Lord of man. It's a weird it's a weird thing that you like, you have to think this way now. Like, you know, you you go out and enjoy one of the many great things about this country has to offer in terms of uh leisure and there's that possibility that some asshole's gonna shoot you. That just yeah, so I throw that out there. Any any uh, any thoughts on that, Jesse? Well, I mean it's a sad state of affairs that we have to actually give that some thought. And that might be what, you know, Ice-T and Body Count are saying here. It's like maybe they're saying you should – that should not be what you're thinking about. You should be like, fuck that. I'm going to the beach. Or I got, I'm turning my phone up, and I'm not warning anybody in the movie theater. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not a pussy. I don't care what anybody else says. I, I don't think – here's, here's what I, I think – is is really affecting, and it's just you know this had come to me earlier. You know, if I if somebody was to do something like that and I retaliated, the first thing on my mind is I could get sued. <laughs> I don't want to get sued right. because that's just going to cause much that much more trouble. So I think our legal system has a pretty big hand in the pussification of man. So yeah, that's you my used thought. to be that's a guy. If you got, it used to be if you get into a bar fight, you know. You, you you punched each other until you got tired of punching each other, and then you sat down and you had a beer with the person. Now people are bringing guys guns to knife knife fights, and you know it's it's a whole other podcast. All right, let's go on the track six here. Get a job. Your thoughts? 
Good job, motherfucker. <laughs> who, who isn't wanting to sing that fucking song? I mean, seriously, who is not wanting to sing that fucking song? It's uh, I mean, it's a really catchy song. It's a really that was a really fun solo too. Uh, there's one thing I do like about this album. These solos are pretty cool when they show up. I mean, yeah, this song was kind of cut and dry. This is again like we talked about last, like said last time, as I mentioned multiple times. This is another song you're not going to get any. Like, you know, you're not going to get it anywhere else. Like, Body Count are the only band in metal that will do this song. And it's like they do it really well. It's uh, I like the way it's kind of, uh, you know, put across, like, yeah, get a job. Like, I'm tired of supporting your ass. I don't care what you do. Just for the love of God, get a fucking job. But I'll support your ass. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see uh, what they're what they're saying in that. Because, yeah, you do have your... Uh, you do have people who just live off of uh, the kindness of others and the government, and that's not cool. Love it. You know, that's body really... count the kings of body count the kings of welfare thrash. <laughs> uh, that could be considered racist, Mark, because you they're black. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot me. White people are on white pay, pay... <laughs> white people are on welfare too. Mm. You need you need to apologize, Mark. Apologize now. Apologize. Apologize. All right. All right. Apologize. I want to um. I want to go to the next one just because we're we're gonna play uh, we're gonna once again play some other music. Oh so, damn! Way back. The UFC canceled. Way back. Once UFC 176. Sorry. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Good day. Easily's watching uh, TV again. Yeah, so back in the 80s, there was a band called Suicidal Tendencies. Um, and famously, uh, they they did a song, it was almost like a spoken word, called Institutionalized. And it was essentially about, I don't know if you've ever like heard the stories, especially especially in the 80s, about how like, you know, kids from, kids with rich parents from the suburbs were sent to programs where they were just absolutely abused, just uh, just terrible things happened to these kids. It was kind of an ongoing like plague of that sort of thing happening. But um, that was kind of what the song was about. It was, you know, you have a kid who's having some issues, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're crazy, and you need to go to you need to go someplace else." And he was sort of railing against that. Um, it's a fun song. It was a it was a song that it was a, definitely a song that was uh, that was representative of its time. And I'm playing it because Body Count did their own version of it, but you really can't appreciate Body Count's version of it without hearing the original. So here's most of the original from Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized. I'll figure it out. Leave me alone. I'll figure it 
talk about it, I'll be here, you know. And you'll probably feel a lot better if you talk about it. Who wants to talk about it? I go, no, I don't want to. I'm okay. I'll figure it out myself. And they just keep bugging me. They just keep bugging me. And you feel another side. Got me to do a glass of something. in my room, and I was just like staring at the wall, thinking about everything, saying, yeah, I was thinking about nothing, and then my mom came in, and I didn't even know she was there, she called my name, and I didn't hear her, and then she started screaming, Mike, Mike, and I go, what, what's the matter, she goes, what's the matter with you, I go, what's the matter, mom, she goes, don't tell me that, you're on drugs, I go, no, mom, I'm not on drugs, I'm okay, I'm just thinking, you know, why don't you give me a Pepsi, she goes, no, you're on drugs, I go, mom, I'm okay, I'm just thinking, have a child, a teenager railing against, there's a point in the song, I didn't play it because I, you know, I don't want to get sued, um, but there's, there's a point in the song where, the, where he says, uh, we decided that it would be in your best interest to go someplace where you can get the help that you need, and he was like, we decided my best interest when I went to your school and I went to your churches.
you have an anger problem. Maybe you need some help. I'm like, bitch, call the police now. You wanna be in July? You come out brainwash bloodshot eyes. You wanna have anything to say? They'll brainwash you, see they way. I'm not crazy. It's the Tuesday. You're the one that's crazy. It's the Tuesday. You drive me crazy. It's the Tuesday. You put me in the institution. Said it was the old solution to give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. The other day I go on the internet, I'm just trying to check my email, so I put in my password, it says I have an invalid password, I know my fucking password, so then it says go to customer service, so I get on customer service, I start talking to this dude, this motherfucker sound like he's from India or some shit, he says to me, what's your first dog's name, I don't know what my fucking first dog's name was, what the fuck's the matter with you, I just want my password, Give me my fucking password. So then he ends up giving me my password, and he says, your password has been sent to your email address. I'm like, I can't get in my email address. What about can't get in my email address? Do you not understand, motherfucker? He says, oh my God, it seems like you have an anger problem. You should have that checked out. Ah! I'm not crazy. It's the Tuesday. You're the one that's crazy. It's the Tuesday. You drive me crazy. It's the Tuesday. You put me in the The other day I'm just sitting alone on lunch break at my job, trying to eat a ham sandwich. Got a little potato chips in the side, a little Kool-Aid. This motherfucker walks up to me and says, are you going to eat that? Like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. What do you fucking think I'm going to do? Shove it up your ass? Do you understand that that pork could kill you? Look, motherfucker, pork is not going to kill me unless they figure a way to shoot it out of a fucking gun. But I might kill you. Do you realize how much sugar is in that Kool-Aid? I said, do you realize how much blood is in the human body? Do you want to see it, motherfucker? He said, oh my God, you need therapy. You have an anger problem. Ah! I'm not crazy. It's the Tuesday. You're the one that's crazy. It's the Tuesday. You drive me crazy. It's the Tuesday. You put me in the institution. Said it was the old solution to give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. To the people listening, to the, to the um, unpaid intern at Sumerian Records, yes, I just played the whole song, but remember, don't be a pussy and sue me. Act like a man. Deal with it. All right. <laughs> Suicidal. <laughs> so, compare and contrast, Jesse. Go ahead. Well, okay, I, I, let me let me just get this out of the way because you guys are two metal gurus. Um, I was first introduced to institutionalized by suicidal tendencies via Guitar Hero, okay? So I don't have I, – I, last time I heard the song, seriously, was, well, obviously just when you played it, but I think it was probably a few years back when I played it on there. But, you know, this, this – oh, my gosh, this song is so fun. I mean, just listening to him – say all this stuff that I've probably wanted to say to a couple people before. <laughs> I love you, Mindy. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> she's never given me too much shit about playing Xbox. 
But uh, I was going to um, say, have you found yourself? At, have you found yourself at, at work, sitting on a girder, presumably with your lunch pail, going, "Fuck, I'm vegan." <laughs> oh man, that, okay, let me tell you something. This is a theme in this. There's there's the theme in this song that actually translates to almost a, a, a major port of the re- portion of the rest of these songs on this album. Leave Ice T the fuck alone. Do not bother him. <laughs> If you take that as words and apply it to get a job, if you would have just left him alone, he probably wouldn't be bitching at you. Get, you know, go to rehab. He wouldn't have fucking pushed you to rehab, wouldn't have beat your ass and put you in there if you just left him alone. And uh, you get this, again, this, this song is so much, it's a lot of fun. Um, my favorite part is absolutely when he does the, the Indian act, the Indian accent for the IT guy. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I think you have an <laughs> you have an anger problem. I mean, I mean, I <laughs> could just see Apu. I could see Apu saying that's a homer or something. You know, it's just. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I absolutely love this song. It's it's a lot of fun. I uh, uh, a couple of things. Then I'll go over to Cooper. Okay, number one, for a guy that's like, be a man, don't whine, stand up for something. A lot of whining going on in this song. I'm not saying it's misplaced or anything. I've certainly been where he's been at times, where you walk through the to- here's a little bit of the Jonas Exodus podcast. I walk through the door and I've been driving for an hour and fifteen minutes, and I just want to sit down and not hear a human voice for a little bit and not have to worry about driving. Maybe shut my eyes, and I am bombarded with a daughter, a son, and a wife all trying to get my attention at the same time. And I and I and I've thought about that. Like I just want to kill some fuckers on Xbox. Just leave me alone for a minute. Leave me alone. And yeah, you can't do that. So, um, and I actually, my ex-wife, you know, said something very similar to the uh, to that line. You know, I've heard that men who don't, who play Xbox don't play, don't love their wives or some more shit. So, like, I, on the one hand, like, I get where he's coming from, and I've been there. On the other hand, it was like, shut up and stop whining. Um, the same thing with the IT guy. I've been there. I have called these people and, and like, hi, I need to, you know, hello Verizon. I need to fix, you know, my payment account so that all of my, so that everything I'm paying for is under one account and I don't have two separate accounts. And the person's like, well, we have two different systems and we can't do that and I don't understand English. You know, and you just smash your head. <laughs> you know, I, when he said that we sent your password to your email address, I'm like, wow, that's actually happened to me. Um, and then, of, and then of course, you know, I, I love that line. The only way the pork is going to kill me is if you flip out of shooting out of a gun. <laughs> but I just said that line. Fuck a vegan. <laughs> Fuck a vegan. It's hard for me to take the song that seriously. And on the one hand, you have a teenager not in control of his own situation, and that's speaking to other teenagers who feel disenfranchised by their environment. And an old rich man whose wife is na- whose wife who's posting pictures of herself on fucking Twitter you know, is nagging him when he walks through the door. And even if he's not really reflecting his own feelings, and that's supposed to speak to us guys, you know, guys like Jesse and I. I don't need you to speak for me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Stop whining. Indeed. Indeed. Go ahead, Coop. 
institutionalized Mike Muir versus uh, Ice T. Uh, I also heard institutionalized for the first time to Guitar Hero. But to be fair, yeah. I was like in eighth grade at the time. So. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean that was that was about the only chance I would have ever heard it because at the time I listened to a lot of Switchfoot. Ah. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I used to like religiously listen to Switchfoot for like a year and a half. I'd still sing it to you. Anyways, so this song. When I heard it, when, when I was looking through the tracks, and I was like, okay, okay. He's redoing Institutionalized. And, like, the uh, description of it on uh, Wikipedia was that he rewrote it to reflect, uh, you know, modern times a little more. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to get real deep in this. And he's going to be talking about how uh, he can't succeed as a black man in today's society because the man's keeping him down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't get that. No, we, we instead we go from the original song, which yes, while it was about kind of like the teenage teenager kind of rebelling against the uh, society that he's in and looking at it differently. There's also like a little bit of it, like uh, in the song of you know maybe there's something wrong with me, but what the world that you put me in, what you surround me with, maybe that's the real problem. You know, that's kind of the, that's maybe me looking a little deep into it, but that's that's kind of how I see it. This song is not about uh, questioning the fact maybe it's me, but maybe it's also what the society is doing to me. This is, no, I don't have an anger problem. Fuck you. These little things get on my nerves. Ham sandwich, bitch. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, let, let, let's look at the problems that are posed in front of Mr. T. <laughs> Let's see. Problem number one. So, okay, I get home, and I want to play Xbox, and my wife is nagging me, and I saw on Oprah that, you know, if I play Xbox, I don't love her. So then I flip shit because, bitch, I want to play Xbox. And then well, tell hey, her hey, if I, I really want, want, I want to you kill to finish her. This- I, I was just—I want you to finish this, but can we just say that he went from zero to a hundred in that bit? He was just like, "I want to—I yeah. want to play Xbox. You don't love me. I will murder you." Wait a minute. Maybe you do have an anger problem. I will prove Oprah right. She don't have a man. <laughs> that, was all, that was also my favorite line. Oh, yeah, I'll say—I feel like he skipped one or two steps there. Like I don't—I yeah, I, I, I think if. If you're arguing I don't have an anger problem, you should not go from, uh, you know, I want to play Xbox and kill some fuckers to I will murder you for saying I don't love you. I'm just saying. This seems like a bit of a leap. Uh, uh, Please continue. I mean, I expected maybe to, to keep with the theme of him, maybe, you know, I wanted was a beer. No. He says, I just want to play Xbox. I want to play Xbox. What's wrong with that? Oh, they go lock me up because I have anger problems. I'm like, Ice-T, okay, I understand you had a hard day at Long Road SVU and you want to play Xbox. All right, next. Okay, so <laughs> your dumbass forgot the password to your email. Okay, okay, yeah, I got you, I got you. We've all done it. And then you call India and you're annoyed because you can't understand them. All right, I got you, I got you. So then after talking to them and screaming at them and bitching at them, they're like, oh, yeah, so we sent it to your email. I can understand getting mad, but you don't have to yell at a poo because your ass didn't read the email. 
I mean, we, we, we're kind of going here. Oh, God. Instead of... What? Oh, God. Did I break it? <laughs> you, you're okay. Good? Go All ahead. Right. Okay. All right. So, I mean, okay, this is this is round two of ice tea flying off the handle and shit and kind of proving everybody right. But but next we get next we get number three. All right, so Ice T, you know, on the break, uh, his cubicle job, <laughs> uh, eating, wanting to eat his ham sandwich when some vegan fucker walks up and starts talking shit to him. <laughs> now, what do normal people do? They kind of just smile, go, "Okay, man, whatever, you know, I respect that. Let me eat my fucking sandwich." Instead, he's just like, "Motherfucker, I got a one-liner for everything you say. I'm gonna fucking kill you." You think I got anger issues? I can eat a ham sandwich with my anger issues. And then they lock him up. <laughs> so pretty much what I'm getting from the song, we went from the original, which was really kind of about you know, almost a little bit about teenage rebellion, but still had posed the question of, yes, I might maybe there's something wrong with me, but it, it might not be me. Maybe it's just what you're surrounding me with. I mean, you put me in these places, and that forms who I am to these are the little things that annoy me in everyday life and I don't have an anger issue. How dare you say I have an anger issue? I'll fucking cut you if you say I have an anger issue. I mean, I can't wait for Institutionalized 2 where he talks about I got to scoop the cat box and I'm stuck in traffic (laughs) and my wife didn't replace the toilet paper. Oh, it's going to get stranger as he gets older. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be like, Wait. he's like, I got mud blood. Where's the toilet paper? I don't have any issues. Where's the toilet paper? I'm going to use your fucking skin for toilet paper, bitch, if you don't tell me where it is. Like, I'm standing in the line. I'm at the public. And the guy in front of me has 11 items. Bitch, the sign says 10 items or less. And he says, but I only have drinks. I'll kill you. And it's too much. Yeah, you say, only have 11, it won't take long. You're like, motherfucker, it says 10. And then he proceeds to, like, <laughs> you know, tell the guy you talk shit and you get shot and then pop out of his phone later and kill him. Like, this is, <laughs> this is like, the ultimate, like, iced tea. Come on, man. Like, is this, like, the <laughs> ultimate old old man shaking cane, like, this is what's wrong in America. <laughs> Like, it's, it's vegans, telemarketers, and the bitch won't let me play Xbox. Uh, I I will say, I know Mark has has kind of swayed me to where I, I like most covers because it's kind of hard to mess up a cover as long as you do it right. This is taking, like, a, a song and then instead of having kind of that same spirit, kind of just bitching about life. Ice, you're old. You're rich. You, your wife has an ass the size of a. Uh, oh, how does he? What? How does he put it in the song earlier? Oh, I don't know. I'm well, sure he used the word bitch though. Oh yeah, I mean it was in the bitch song. It was in the song about bitches. But yeah, I mean you have a wife with the size like an ass the size of a tugboat, the size of tugboat, <laughs> and and you're bitching. You know what, buddy? When we come out with manslaughter two, just please, please cover it. Manslaughter two, <laughs> like yeah, the man fucking fat, 
it's a bad movie title. It's a B movie. Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Manslaughter two. The next batch. Nice. <laughs> let me as let me just let me just hop in. Let me let me hop in. Go I'll ahead. say one thing and I'll be done. Just just think about. I won't play devil's advocate. Do you think that Ice T maybe have may have done this on purpose? Because the song is called Institutionalized 2014, and we're sitting here giving him shit. Maybe what he's trying to do is actually show what people are getting upset about nowadays. Uh, granted, you know, hopefully, it, hopefully, you know, I'd rather it be him and not. But I mean, he's reflecting society here pretty well, if you ask me. I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, probably feel the same way. But obviously, it's tongue in cheek. He's not going to fucking. There's no way this guy's going off like this. I would hope not anyway. But, I, you know, I just thought to myself, well, maybe maybe what he's trying to do is show us what the difference is between institutionalized back then and what it is now. Um, that's, that's all I have to say. You know, maybe. It's, it's, no, it's a good point. You know, he might be saying, like, yeah, I mean, I was reading, I was reading uh, about the song, and one of the things it said in the Wikipedia page was that it was updated with lyrics to reflect more, uh, so, social uh, issues of today, and you again, see, we, see, again I, I we can we're laugh. Talking social issues, not like grumpy old man social <laughs> issues. That's true. <laughs> well, That's I was true. getting to that. Like, you know, and and for him, he might be thinking, okay, I'm obviously look, Ice T isn't going to a job with a lunch pail and a ham sandwich. Okay, the guy's an actor on <laughs> SVU. He he's he's a uh, you know he's in a band. He's not. The, the, this isn't happening. And I and I suspect when he comes home from a hard day on the set of SVU, his wife's letting him play Xbox if that's indeed what he wants to do. So let's be serious for a moment. This is supposed to be his interpretation of what he thinks we're going through. You know, je, me, Jesse, and, and and Cooper. And you know, maybe in some cases he's right. Maybe people are getting that frustrated. I mean, you see it all the time. People, the whole concept of like. Of the tele of the Indian telemarketer has been a meme in cultural society for years, oh, God, and yes. it drives people crazy. It, people uh, hate hello, it. my name is Sam. Um, well, I, I told you, I've actually experienced the you know if you come home and you play video games and you're ignoring me, it means you don't love me. You know that kind of a thing. It's a real thing in in some, in some people's lives. So it's you know look, I, to give him to give credit where credit is due, he may have this, he may have really tapped into things that are that are truly bothering people but it also seems like he could have gone a little bit deeper this seems this seems a bit shallow i agree speaking of shallow speaking of shallow here's track eight this is called pop bubble i'm fed up with this shit man i'm gonna say it ain't nobody gonna say it i'm gonna Most of your fans can't pay their rent. You miss all the 
Sorry to cut off Jamie Jasta there, but we have uh, less than five minutes left of live time, and we are going to go into the overrun. We have uh, about four or five songs left, so we're going to flip through these pretty quickly. But if you've been listening to us up to this time, I want to thank you for listening to the live portion of the show. Come back in about a half an hour, and we'll have wrapped up with plugs and everything. And we hope that you'll uh, tune in two weeks. We'll be on Thursday, um, presuming uh, all things work out the way they're supposed to, because Tuesday will be the new Whiskey Rebellion show. So this show is moving to Thursday along with uh, Long Road to Ruin. We'll still be at the same time. It'll be 10 o'clock, and we'll be doing either the new Corrosion of Conformity or the new Goat Whore. We'll decide at the end of the show. Ooh. Mystery. So anyway... Pop bubble. Give it to me, Jesse. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is definitely my favorite song off the album. Um, yeah, I think it's because as a, uh, as a dad I, now of a nine-year-old girl, I really am subjected to a lot of this pop, you know, this, these pop songs that are on the, so- on the radio, you know, eight times a day. Um, and... <laughs> Granted, you know, back when I was a kid, I was listening to the same thing. Um, but, you know, Ice-T brings up a lot of valid points that everybody should, if everybody's in their right mind, they should be aware of for, the, for, for a lot of these pop stars. But I can't let him pass on the fact that he put 99 problems on this same album with this same song on there. I just can't. I think that... I, I think that he's definitely, contra- you know, he's contradicting himself by putting a song that was absolutely made popular, I should say, or at least somewhat made popular by a, you know, one of the biggest pop artists uh, of our time. I mean, well, I shouldn't say of our time, but I mean, Jay Z is pretty big, and I, I'm going to say that he made that famous because obviously I didn't know Ice T did, um, or Ice T had done that song or a version of it. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, that's my feel. I like the song a lot. I, I can, I can dig it. I love, uh, I love Jamie on there. Um, and eat a dick. That's probably my favorite part. <laughs> you don't hear, you don't hear anybody say eat a dick anymore. <laughs> it seems you suck a dick, but, uh, <laughs> but eat, a, I was ready eat to- a dick just it puts uh, imagery in my head of somebody like with a knife and like and and and, and a plate. But anyway, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> it's like the bag from Jordan Explorer. Um, nom nom nom, delicioso. <laughs> I was reading an article about uh, about what Ice T was saying about the song, and he was he was like, I'm just mad at a lot of rappers. Like, if you started out in pop music. Like if you know if you're the, whatever Lovato or you know you're Kesha or whatever, okay, that's one thing. But if you were a rapper, if you started out as a hardcore rapper, and then you turned into a pop artist because it became more important to you to succeed on the radio than it was to you to maintain your integrity. This song is about you, and so this is just Ice T again screaming at his cohorts in the music industry that they're not being true to themselves. Which again, it's a good song and everything, but it's like, all right, I I don't I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry it's bothering you, old man Ice T, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Oop. 
You know, actually, I really did like this song because of somebody who is a little closer to a lot of this bullshit in this generation that he's probably bitching about because he's old man Ice-T. You know, I really can uh, agree with what he's saying because there are so many, like, so many fucking, like, rappers and pop stars and stuff. They either want to act hard or do the opposite and try to act like they're just nice, safe guys. Like, people aren't really being real in a lot of pop music, which I know is kind of the point of pop music. Like, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be kind of like escapist stuff. So, like, it's kind of, you, you want to believe somebody's, like, you know, what they present themselves as because you want to be that person. And it's no fun if they're really just like you. But, yeah, this this was definitely one of the better songs on the album. And Jamie Josty did a good job. And just because he did a good job, I wore my hate read shirt to work today. Mainly because I don't Whoa. care if I get a hole in it. Mainly Bro. because I don't care if because I don't care if I get a hole in it. <laughs> oh. Outstanding. Yeah, I got this. I I got this shirt for like two dollars at a thrift store. I'm like, uh, Mark made me kind of at least enjoy hate breed every once in a while. Sure, I'll buy this shirt. <laughs> so so I wear it. If, so, so if I'm at work and we're, I know we're going to have a truck, I'm like, all right, I'll just wear this shirt because I don't wear my, any of my metal shirts when I know I'm going to have a truck because I don't want to mess them up. There we go. Well, as I've always said, Robert Cooper, I walk up to you and I say, you got money, but you didn't always have money. You just got money, and you don't ever want to go back to the dark side. People say, I you got money, and then I just got the money, and I know how easy it is to lose it. You know what I'm saying? I know how one mistake can cost you it all. I didn't come for money. I came from the dark side. And I'll never want to go back there. Broken a law, hungry you might. Uh, you know it's fine. You know I, 
Ice T has such a way of speaking at times that it makes me laugh. You know, <laughs> this guy comes up to me, he says, Ice T, you got money. I have never spoken to anyone that way in my life. Like, I've never walked up to my father in law and been like, Yo, Brian, you got money. <laughs> what are you, an animal? Oh, because you've never been on the dark side, Mark. Indeed. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Anyway, it's a fine song. I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, Jesse, your thoughts? Oh, I, I, I think it told a good story. Um, you know, it's obviously about this guy that, uh, you know, he's. He, it sounds like he was. He, he says at one point he's behind guarded gates. You know, this guy uh, he had some. Uh, he had some cash, and now he's on the back down, and he is. He is uh, feeling feeling the uh the other side of things and it is definitely the dark side one thing i take out of this i mean i love the song i, I thought it was all right I, it, again it was it was something it was a song that i enjoyed it made the playlist um it it wasn't one i hated that's that's for sure i think the second half of this album is actually a lot better than the first half that was one of my takes takeaways from the album but um <laughs> one thing that i i noticed and i wrote down here to make sure i mentioned is that Ice T's impression of cops, even though it sounds he he it sounds nothing like the cop that he actually impersonates on TV. If you listen to him do the quick impersonation in there, I don't see Law and Order SVU there. I give, show me some fucking ID. I'm, I don't uh, okay, but uh, anyway, that's about that's about all I took from it. Not a whole lot, but it, I enjoyed the song and I think it's a good story. Yeah, the cops really had their way with um, with Los Angeles, and it's it's obviously left an impression, an indelible impression on him. So despite the fact that, you know, he knows there are plenty of good cops, he plays a decent cop on a television show. Whenever Whenever he's making music, he goes right back to the awful police who took advantage of an impoverished area of L.A. that he grew up in. Yeah, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, get over it already. Yeah. Coop, yeah. your thoughts, and we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, I thought this song was interesting because, you know, I guess I never I thought about it in the past, but he really does kind of put it in perspective of like, oh, man, yeah, you got money now. You're different. And he's like, nah, man, it's just I'm not necessarily different. I just don't want to lose my money. You know, he don't want to be MC Hammer. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I laughed at my own damn joke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it did right. tell a good, it did tell a good story. It, it it brought up some good points, and I like that maybe because he's where he is at now. Like we wouldn't have gotten this twenty years ago, right? Like you know, now it's different. Mm-hmm. We we do get some of this look at stuff, uh, you know, the the stuff on in a different light now than we would have gotten twenty years ago, which I feel like is. While it has suffered a little, <laughs> ham sandwich. It it's <laughs> almost like a. Uh, I almost want to say it's almost like a like a reflection of the of the original Body Count album. Like you know that kind of tackled a lot of uh, themes of the day, and you know a lot of a lot of things have just been kind of on been on Ice T's mind. Ham sandwich, <laughs> but you know it's, it's just. I mean, it's almost like kind of like an updated version of this to a, to a certain extent, just a certain extent. I'm not like totally, 
but you know, I, that's the way I see it. I, I see this as almost like a newer version of somewhat what they did with, uh, you know, the original body count, E-E-L-P. Okay. Um, so I've been going to concerts since I'm 14 years old. And now I'm 107. Lucky. Yes, you are. <laughs> and there's always been girls in the mosh pit. There's there's always you know one or two even as more even up to three four, you know they get right in there with the guys they come in all shapes and sizes sometimes it's a dainty little thing, uh, sometimes it's a girl who's you know who who's built like me, you know it's, it's it depends it depends on the show it depends on it's like anything else it's it's statistics, and it's never been anything more than I, I, I couldn't even call it a novelty because it happens at every show. But apparently it amazed Ice-T so much that he wrote a song about it. Here it goes. Flash your flesh, full contact, rip your life in the blend of the night. Man on man, Mortal Kombat, don't fall, you can lose it all. The more brutal, the better, the harder to rush, body class, and dance to the same. I've seen it all, every show, one thing never ceases to amaze. reminds me of a Damon Wayans bit. And here's why I say that. I find in talking to, to black people throughout my history of going to mosh pits that it's one of the strangest things they've ever heard of. It's, it's one of those cultural experiences where, they, where black people can't seem, anyone, any black person I've ever met, even ones that were into metal, can't seem to wrap their heads around the concept of a mosh pit. They're like, so let me get this straight. You purposely Go to a place where you're going to get into a fist fight. Like, yeah, but it's dancing. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you purposely get into a situation where someone can punch you in the eye and you don't pull out your butt, your, your biscuit or your musket or your gat or your whatever and, and shoot them. And I was like, no, it's, that's, that's part of the whole thing. And, just, and they, they, they can't get it. And I feel like that's this song. It's, it's an extension of that to just like, so you mean to tell me girls will allow themselves to get beat up by guys if you play the right song? Yes, Ice-T. This isn't that hard of a concept to understand. Interesting. I shall go write a song about this. 
<laughs> but uh, it reminds me. But I, I want to quick do the, the Damon Wayans thing. It's like, Damon Wayans, and they, they captured part of this on a Fishbone album. He was just like, Damon Wayans was like, wait, what do what are we doing here? Oh, I could get into this. Boom! This how you do it, pal. Piff! I was grabbing nuts. Yeah, slam dance on this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> all right. So clearly, it's funny when Damon Wayans says it. But Coop, there's a bitch in the pit. Shocking. Well, actually, I went to a uh, show last week. It was my best friend Nick's band, Avalon Steel. They had an EP release party. It was great. And there was a pit, though it was like five people. And technically, I wasn't in the pit or voluntarily. They just all kept swarming around me. Though we didn't really punch each other as much as I just fucking ran into every single fucking one of them. Kind of throw shoulders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not going to fist fight anybody, but I will fucking shoulder charge every single one of them. And it worked well. That was the biggest one there. Anyways, uh, this song, uh, it's kind of kind of simple, but are you ready You ready for something you didn't see coming? I think oh. this speaks well to, uh, you know, kind of kind of bring light to females in, in heavy metal since they are so very, very uh, woefully misrepresented. In the uh, in a lot of the genre, I feel like you know you don't often see many bitches in the pit. At least at the shows I've been, and the bitches you did see in the pit were in that those circle pits that were more like a fucking uh, jog for the uh, mentally handicapped. So it looks like no offense to anybody who is mentally handicapped, or I can't remember the term that's correct now. Even though I took a special ed course, God, that's part that drove me nuts. I'm like. So you mean to tell me some people like don't want to be called deaf because they feel it puts them with a label, but some of them don't care? Well, fuck me. <laughs> that drove me nuts. I'm like, I'm far too politically incorrect to be doing this right. But anyways, luckily that wasn't on, the, on any tests, or I'd have been screwed. But yeah, like you know, it's I, I feel like this was pretty cool. Like you know, just kind of giving one out to the ladies, I guess. That's that's nice. It's cool, even though they did put it in the uh, wonderfully, uh, you know, flowery language of "there's a bitch in the pit." It's flowery. Which, <laughs> yeah, which to be fair, I mean, you're not going to see many bitches in any pits at rap shows. The only pit they're True. usually in is, uh, <laughs> uh, that's going to make vagina jokes. Never mind. <laughs> All right, let me ask you something here, Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, first off, um, I, I, I like what Coop's saying there about how it is bringing the light. I never even thought about that. It is kind of, you know, hey, there's there's chicks at metal shows, and I guarantee, man, when this song hits, I would love to see what it looks like at the concert when they play this. Because there's got to be chicks coming out in droves just to get in the pit when this song hits. Um, well, let, let me ask you a question, Mark. You I, I, and you know, I, I, we've talked about how I'm. I, I don't. I, I'm scared of the pit. I'm absolutely. I, I don't want to have any part of it. <laughs> I, it's going on beside me. I'm. I'm trying to get like two or three people in between me and the pit at all times. But have you been in the pit with a woman? Yes. Did you, you hit her? the lady? Yes. Did you hit her? Uh, I try to avoid them because what ends up happening is 
first of all, I don't want to hurt any. I, don't, I really don't want to hurt anybody, especially a girl. So I, I tend to avoid them. Unfortunately, some of them come looking for it. Like they just like purposely bang into yes. you, and it's just, and you just kind of move along um, and trying to ignore it. Uh, but the other part of it is, is there's kind of a chivalry, a chivalrous thing going on where it's okay for the girls to hit you. And to a degree, you can hit them too. But if you hurt one of them, the other guys in the pit will come after you. Ooh, so I find okay. it's best just to fucking ignore them. <laughs> you know, um, but a lot of times the girls are really a, lo- a lot smaller. So they can't really take a full, you know, a full fucking hit from a guy. And I, um, you know, and being, a, and being an old fat ass, I don't go in there <laughs> with there's a bunch of guys now. I tend to go in just, with this space on the floor so that I so that I can dance. You know, I get my I get my skate around. groove on. <laughs> yes, you know, I get I get my skate. Shut up! I get my uh, my my skanking groove on. You know, I, I I do my thing, and that's when the girls are usually in there too. And then there's really no need to hit them because there's space. Um, once it, you know, once you have one of those like Slayer type situations where everybody's on the fucking floor and it's just mayhem. Yeah. I either hang back or I just, you know, I just move in a way where I'm not going to hit the girl because the last thing I want to be involved in is like, I fucking hit a girl because like, well, you were in the pit, you were asking for it. And then her boyfriend disagrees. Now I'm in a, you know, <laughs> now I'm in a situation. And it's like, now, I now we got, now, what the next, the, the next song on the set list is manslaughter. Okay. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So here now, let's let's talk about the original for a moment. Let's talk about um, Voodoo from the original Body Count album. He said he want to teach up how to Voodoo, leave alone the Voodoo. All right. So there was a story here. And it was a hilarious story about how Ice T met this old voodoo lady who starts off all whatever and then suddenly goes crazy and starts killing him for no good reason. <laughs> Ice T did nothing to this woman, but she was just like, I'm going to teach him about the voodoo, all right. Yeah. Into the face. All right. So, that, so I could accept that one, that song, because at least it was a fun story there. My eye, bitch. Um, <laughs> We return to the same we return to the same theme here with black voodoo sex. And it was as if Ice T was like, you know what that story was missing? Pornography. And that, and that's the best way I can, And that is the best way I can describe this song. So I'm gonna cut it at a certain point that I really hate. But uh here it is. Here is the exact same song only turned into a porn. <laughs> Ago, I told y'all a story about me down in New Orleans meeting an old lady with a voodoo doll. But there's more to that story. She had a daughter. Way down in New Orleans, I met this voodoo queen. Finest bitch I ever seen. A human sex machine, a walking wet dream. She said she wanted me. She said, come here, boy. Back to a crib, 
fucking scary Connected to a cemetery A thousand candles lit I couldn't fucking breathe And then she pushed up against me And said, come here, boy I'll show you how to do this right You think you know about sex But you don't know shit I'm gonna fuck you all night Almost, almost. 
but you know my my only my only concerns uh, about this song. I mean, I, I like the song. I'll, I'll I'll go out there and say I enjoy it. I, I, I it made the playlist. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I get to thinking about the continuity of you know this song because he says, and I put a lot of thought into shit I shouldn't really. But I mean, at the beginning of the song, he says that <laughs> there's more to the story. And I'm like, okay, so did this happen back in 92 when he was messing with the, the old voodoo lady trying to learn voodoo, and then he goes and screws her daughter? And so I'm, like, making all this whole story up in my head about, oh, man, how the hell did he get into this situation? <laughs> really should have never done that. But um, anyway, IC obviously does not need to mess with the voodoo, and he needs to stay out of New Orleans. Okay, can I, can I make a suggestion as to the timeline? I think he banged the daughter first. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> I think, well, now you got me thinking about it. I think he banged the daughter first, and the old lady found out that he banged the daughter, oh, and that's why she tried to kill him. That would make sense. Now, yeah, now the this original prequel. song makes sense because. Right, it's a prequel because, like he says, there's more to that story. Well, now we understand why, for no apparent reason, she was trying to kill him. Because that whole song Thank was like, you. "I met this old lady. She had the doll. The doll looked like me." Wait a minute, why does she oh. have a doll that looks like you? There was some premeditated wow. murder shit going on in New Orleans because Ice T can't give his dick in his pants. <laughs> his evil dick. <laughs> well. Well, it told him to not sleep alone. He just shouldn't have been fucking with a voodoo queen. With the greatest dick he'd a, ever seen. If there was Evil Dick 3, we should have called it Army of Dickens. Oh, my God. What was that? I said, <laughs> evil, if we have Evil Dick, Evil Dick 2, and then Army of Dickness. Army of Dickness. <laughs> I mean... All right. Do we, uh, let, me, let me just... I'll, I'll, I'll finish what I have to say. Hey, hey, do we have to hear Ice-T screw somebody again? I really don't need to hear that shit. I like the song. Could have left the screwing off of the album. That's all I got to say. I, I go back to yeah, that was playing a video game that I can't play. You know, it's just like, all right, we get it. You're having sex with a woman. I'm driving my car. So where does that leave us? <laughs> playing a video game you can't play. Man, Ice-T definitely yeah. knows how you feel. <laughs> I just want to play Xbox, eat a ham sandwich, and get on the internet. God damn. Oh, my God. I, the greatest trick Ice-T ever played on on his fans was having sex on a record. <laughs> anyway. See, I thought that. All right. I still thought that would have been like he was going on the internet to look at porn. No, he just wanted to check his email. That's not gay. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Uh, Coop, anything else about about the stupid voodoo sex song? I had forgotten it was a sequel. I was like, oh, man, okay. I could have swore there was a song about voodoo sex. Oh, well. So I was listening to it. I'm like, man, this, you know, it's got a pretty good beat to it. I'm digging it. And then he's like, oh, is that real blood? I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, shit, what? And then I'm like, what? And then they start like fucking, and I'm like, and I'm I'm driving to work with this blasting on my Kindle, and I'm like, oh, why? Like, you know, nobody can hear it, but I'm besides me, I'm just like kind of driving, and like, 
in this a stupor. Like, why is Ice-T fucking on a record? <laughs> Again. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> Jesus. You would... You would think the going into production of an album, you want people to play your song as loud as possible outside, you know, through a vehicle or whatever, because they want they want people to play this shit so other people can hear it. I'm not playing that song in my car with my windows down. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Jesse's bumping black voodoo sex with you know with the kids in the car. Yeah, <laughs> black voodoo sex. Daddy, put on Frozen. No, black voodoo. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were we were talking about get a job earlier, and I, I wanted to tell you guys about how I played it for my wife. Well, I, I had to play it in the kitchen where the kids were there, and I told the kids I said I said don't listen to this song. Well, you know, obviously ah, they're going to hear what he says. To it. <laughs> well, I had to play the song, and they could hear it. I said just don't listen to what he's saying. Well, of course, you know, I, I know how well that was going over because every time it was get a job, motherfucker, Caleb just busted out laughing. He's a four-year-old boy. He thinks it's the funniest damn thing in the world when he hears a cuss word. Not only is it that, he likes to ask, what did he say? What did he just say? I said, <laughs> he said a bad word, and then it was continually, every time he said it, I'd look over and Caleb's just giggling. <laughs> so I, that I, I guess I can say I did play a little body count for the kids, but I certainly am not playing voodoo sex. <laughs> so you want the Frozen soundtrack with black voodoo sex, right? <laughs> so is that what we're gonna get? <laughs> so you right. want to have black you voodoo and then we'll have some sex for two? <laughs> why is there, <laughs> why is there blood up right on the floor? Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> And now we must go fuck. <laughs> this song was a good idea. And now uh, I see you just tell me why. So <laughs> she want to have black voodoo. I guess now there is just sex for two. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, okay, okay, bye. <laughs> I brought back you one of those snowmen. Fuck yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We have two songs left, and then they can go to bed. So, this is do you, this is track twelve. Do you want to be a gangster? Just a warning: what you're about to see is a bit graphic. <laughs> Some reason I don't know why kids in the suburbs want to live this G life. So you want to be a gangster, bang to death. To kill, represent your set Ride around in a low rider No matter how hard they can go You can go harder Never scared to get down Quick to bust your mag Enemies get dealt with Never trust your flag Stay dusted High as a motherfucker Get that work in Lay down another buster Bigger gang, it don't matter If it comes your wife Ink in your skin, cause this shit's for life Pledge your life to the hood, nigga You ain't cut for this Motherfucker, you can't fuck with this You wanna be a gangster You wanna be a gangster You wanna be a You wanna be a gangster? The neighborhood's elite. You wanna be a gangster? You're gonna die in the 
I'm 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 of a mixed opinions on this. On the one hand, I really like it. I like the message of the song. I like the beat. I like the music. Um, I, I dig the song. I was driving. I was driving around listening to it today, and this is one of my favorites on the album. On the other hand, it's people like him that glorified being a criminal in the first place that made a lot of stupid white kids want to follow suit. So he, to, to me, for him to sit here and write a song called "We Want to Be a Gangster" and be like, I don't understand why you'd want to do this. What do you mean you don't understand? You're the one who. I got four fucking albums of you talking about how great it is to be a pimp, you asshole. What do you mean you don't understand why? If you're an impressionable kid, you know, looking for an identity, and then there's this guy standing with a white background next to a chick with a tits all out and a bathing suit, and they're both carrying Uzis. That looks cool as shit. Okay, and you're writing songs called Let's Get Buck Naked and Fuck. <laughs> Not joking about that. It's a real song. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm a little kid, and I'm looking at this, and I'm just like, yeah, I want to be like Ice-T, too. I guess I'll be a pimp and carry an Uzi, and girls will stand around me in, you know, half-naked in bathing suits. You know, look at the look at fucking, I think there's there's a, an NWA biopic coming out uh, in theaters. Before the NWO, the coolest guys wearing all black were NWA. They looked cool as shit. There's a reason why NWA was as popular as it was. So I don't, you know, Snoop Dogg and Dre in the 90s, could you get any cooler than those two guys? I mean, they weren't really my cup of tea. By that point, I turned away from that sort of thing. But if you're, again, if you're an impressionable kid and metal isn't your thing, you're going to look at those two guys and go, yeah, okay. And they were fucking murderers. So, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in in this idea of I don't understand why white kids want to act like us. I don't know because you're fucking cool as shit and white kids are dumb. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's right, we are. <laughs> o O G original gangster is the one album that I think I may have bought from Ice T oh, back in. Uh, well, I was I was a member of the Columbia House. Uh, Columbia House Record Club. Um, I got it. I got his tape. <laughs> they'd always send you the tape and fucking had to turn around and send it back, or it was you had they charged your ass. Well, anyway, um, you know, I, and I can remember Ice T. His stuff wasn't my thing, but then you brought up, you know, Tupac, Dr. Dre. Oh my gosh, I love that stuff. And of course, I was one of those dudes that had the. 12-inch speaker in the back of his Chevette running down the street, with, you know. And at some point in my life, I said, this, this isn't me, and I'm never going to be these guys. Um, but, you know, the point of this song, he, obviously he's, he's trying to get across to these, these kids in the suburbs. Uh, you know, he, he specifically says the kids in the suburbs are coming up to him and, and say, man, I want to, you know, I want to be like you. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that was the image that he he portrayed, and he sold a lot of records, became a movie star, and he made a lot of money off of that off of that image. Um, and for him to turn around and say, "What the? Fu- why the fuck do you want to do that?" I can kind of see where he's coming from. Obviously, I, that's what I would I would think a sane person would say. Why the hell do you want to become a gangster? Why do you want to? 
You know, he, he specifically says, why do you want to go fucking backwards? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why don't you get the hell out of the hood? And that's why I, I enjoyed the song, and I, I think that's a good message. But, you know, he, he did – it was glorified. The hood was glorified. It still, I think, is in some, in some form. Um, and a lot of people oh, look at it as – Go ahead. Let me cut you off for a second. The the, the guys in your neighborhood, um, you know, I I you live in uh, somewhere in Ohio, as I recall. I'm not going to give out like yes. your home address or anything, but um, Party you live in o- <laughs> Party of Jesse. Um You live in Ohio, yeah. and the the kids in your neighborhood that turned into criminals and sort of adopted that hood mentality. Did they come from great homes? Were these, you know, like the pillars of society who were just adopting a culture? Or were these bags of shit to begin with who came from terrible situations? And it just so happens that, you know, that those people from those terrible situations also picked up on that culture. That's a good question. I mean, a lot of what I see is, you know, I would have – I mean, there's like five or six – seven guys I can remember when I was a kid listening to the same music I did. And as far as I know, we all turned out pretty much all right. Um, when it comes to the uh, – it all comes I, – I, me personally, I think it all comes up to upbringing and the situation that you're in and how you, how you were taught how to handle those situations. A lot of people, you know, it, it's unfortunate fact that there are a lot of kids without father figures out there. And uh, you know we we can't tur- we can't show them the right path, and what they may end up doing is turn to music and idolize those people and think that that's the way to go. Um, and the criminals in my area, I mean, we're we're <laughs> Ohio, the place I live in is not in any way, shape, or form a big city. Um, so it's. You know, it's kind of hard to say. There's certain areas I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into specifics because I don't know much about it. Because I've been, I, I, I don't deal with much of that shit. So, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's. I think it. I think it all comes down to upbringing, and I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's music that could should be to blame for. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. I think what you're showing no. and saying is though is that this was this was something that was glorified, um, and a lot of people looked at it. And they didn't have the other. They didn't have the common sense, I guess I should say, to realize that that's not the way you want to turn out. And Ice T obviously makes that uh, a point in his song. It's like, what, what fucking sense does that make to go become a gangster? But I'm done. Go ahead, Coop. Why don't you want to weigh in here? So you want to be a gangster? <laughs> Frozen, make right. come back. That's why I busted out laughing as soon as it started. I'm like, oh, I forgot that was the name, considering we just did say, do you want to build a snowman? But, yeah, this this song, you, you do bring a good point, Mark, of, uh, well, yeah, you fucking glorified it for how long? But I guess in his defense, maybe because he's on the outside now and can see that it's really not a life that you want, that you really want to be living, like, maybe that's, I guess, how I can justify him writing the song. But, yeah, I mean, you do make a point of, like, he, he fucking made being a gangster cool. Like, it was fucking yeah. cool to be, like, acting like him. 
Not that I know. It was I so mean, cool to be a pimp. The WWE gave it to one of their characters. <laughs> you know, it's fun out there for a pimp. Yeah. Uh, the good, the Godfather. But I'm sure we all remember him much better by his other gimmicks of like uh, the Good Father or uh, Papa Shango. <laughs> Papa Shango. Yeah. Papa Shango, the man who ruined uh, which WrestleMania was that? Was it seven? I wonder where he was. He, I don't know. he missed his cue. Yeah, Shango Whenever I see Papa Shango now, the only thing I can think of is Robert Winfrey. And the voodoo curse. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering about earlier. UFC canceled their uh, the show that was supposed to have Aldo headlining. I see last made I see last made a rap album. I think I'm lo- I'm looking here. I think he last made a rap album called Gangster Rap in 2006. I was just trying to figure out if maybe he did a, a recent gangster rap album or any rap album since he's you know since he got into body count. Obviously he has. Um, so you know has he learned his lesson? Is is that what he's maybe trying to say here, or is he just? You know, as he's just writing a song and and trying to get some points across. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he realizes the nefarious influence his music had on weak-minded people who who didn't have strong parental influences. This is what I was trying to say before. I think if you were, you know, look, anybody in, in a bad situation can become a criminal, but they're not all going to adopt the culture of you know of black thugs. But some of them did. Many of them did. And and forgetting about those folks for a second, there are just some who you know who look at look, look at the world around them and they and look. There were a lot of wrestlers in the WWE, but only a handful of them were ever attractive to me, and that was the Ultimate Warrior, Diesel, um, you know, and like a handful of others, Brock Lesnar. Uh, but Gavin, you know, Gavin likes. Ric Flair and Jed like Shawn Michaels and you never know which which direction people are going to go in, in, in as far as what they like and so when you put out gangster rap, you know obviously the idea is to sell records so you're hoping people are going to you know be attracted to that, but again oh people always want to take it to that next level they, they want to be a part of that culture, you know why why do, why do people bring signs and you know, dress up in costumes, you know, at, for Rick wrestling shows and cons. They want to be a part of it. So uh, for him to say, like, why would you want to be a part of this gangster lifestyle? Because you, you made it appealing. That's why. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's true. not that that's hard true. to understand. That's All true. right. And here's the oddest, here is the oddest military tribute song I've ever heard in my life. This is I Will Always Love You. This song is dedicated to the heroes. The real heroes, the young men and women that have given their life and risked their life for this country. Start new every day, dropped out of school at 17, tried to get a job at an early age, but no diploma means minimum wage. Bumped into a military recruiter, said this ain't no game, no first person shooter. With high school you missed it, so that day you enlisted. First day off the cattle truck, basic training, scared as fuck, drill instructors, demons from hell, you never forget once you hear them yell, six weeks of 
torture drives you insane March, run, march, train You ask yourself why the fuck you came Lock and load 30 rounds, watch your lane We have like 15 minutes left before we're going to run out of time completely. So uh, final thoughts on this song and the entire album at large. Jesse Starcher, go. <clears throat> okay. Let's just take a real quick moment, all right, and give thanks to the Lord above that this was not another cover song of Whitney Houston. Oh, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> God damn. Thank you for going to me first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, uh, I definitely uh, this final song. Uh, it was one of those ones that was kind of tough for me. You remember how on the on the original um, uh, Body Count album, you guys were talking about how it's just really tough for us to digest Ice T singing. And <laughs> yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. I, <laughs> again, it's it's in this one, but I I can handle this. I mean, I can handle this one. I. I, I, he's doing a, a great job of kind of bringing it to, to life as to what these guys have to uh, uh, what these guys have to go through, and I mean, it's a strange. I mean, when I first saw the title on this album, I'm like, whoa, wait a second, what the hell's going on here? Um, yeah, I, but I, he pulls it off well. That's my that's my opinion. I think he I enjoy the song. It's all, it made the playlist again. This is one of the ones that made it made it over for me, um, so I like it. Now, as, as for the album in a whole, you want me to go ahead and go there? Um, I enjoy the album. Uh, I give it. I'm gonna give. I don't. You guys don't do ratings on here very often, like one to ten or one to five. But I'm gonna give it a one to ten rating here, and I'm gonna probably give it a. Uh, for me, I'm gonna give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. I almost want to go eight, but and uh, I'll say seven out of ten because I like it. I like the way it brings you in, and I'll listen to this shit in the background while I'm doing work all day. Uh, I, I think I listened to it twice last Tuesday just because I had time to do so. But um, <clears throat> And that might be pretty generous. You guys are a lot more critical stuff than I am, but I enjoy the album. I give it, I give it a seven out of ten, and, and I think that if if anything – if there was anything that could have been taken off of this album, take off 99 Problems. That's the only that's the only song I had an issue with. Um, but the rest of it, I think it was a fun, fun album. And I'd say the second half of the album is better than the first half. I don't know if you guys agree with me there or not, but uh, a lot of a lot of cool songs and a lot of good imagery. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I, I, that's that's where we'll go. All right, lastly, I agree with your number ratings. I would have given it a seven too. Um, I thought it was a fine album. I thought, uh, you know, this is this is Ice T doing what Ice T does, and I enjoyed it. There were there was 
you know, as my friend once said, I laughed, I cried, I hurled. Um, yeah. You know, it's a solid seven. There's some issues with it. But, I mean, in as far as background music to kind of get me to and from work and to listen to when I'm running or working out or whatever, it's ser- perfectly serviceable. Coop, take me home. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, it's about the same rating. I'd, I'd give this album. Uh, it wasn't. There, there are some problems with it, like some songs are great concepts that kind of drag on too long. Sometimes the uh, the song just isn't that great. Other times it just doesn't fit. Ham sandwich. But uh, I mean, this last song here, I thought was this last song I thought was pretty good. It was it's a really nice military tribute, and it does you know it does make you kind of just respect your veterans just a little more. Even though I will admit some of the veterans that I know are just total assholes, but that's just because they were assholes before they went, and they came back total, like even worse, total assholes. Because some of them just came back with giant fucking chips on their shoulders. A lot of the yeah. veterans I deal with are also child molesters or were interested in um, child pornography. It, it's okay. Just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're above criticism. Yeah. Which is sometimes I, uh, sometimes I guess that's just something I always go back to. Like I feel like sometimes that is something that we, that that we should. I feel like sometimes we should kind of instill a bit of that. I just depending on who they, I guess on what you're criticizing them for. If we're going Vietnam right. style, yes, don't don't call them baby killers. But you know sometimes like some people think, oh, I'm a veteran. I I should be you know, just above and beyond. And I just, I think that's almost just disrespectful to the people who, you know, who who have died for, died in the service, you know, died overseas or something. Because, you know, just because you served the same time as them and you happen to come back alive doesn't mean you get to act like a bigger prick and get away with it. But with that being said, you know, this song does really put into perspective some of the things that uh, they go through, some veterans go through, and, you know, it really does, it's a really pretty nice just tribute to him. And it's something that uh, I think this showed just how much, how Ice-T has matured some as a person. You know, I don't, I wouldn't expect this to be on the body count, the first body count LP. You do, would you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, it, it's a really, it's a really nice, nice, nice fitting song. I, if I were to take anything off of this, I would have, at least, if Ice-T wanted, I mean, he's going to reclaim 99 problems. He's going to do that. I would have put that as, like, a bonus track. Maybe on, like, the special edition, or maybe just keep it away from the rest of the album because it really hurt the flow and kind of uh, went against some of the themes he was going for. And I want more angry old man Ice-T songs. There we go. If we ever get... If we ever get, like, an Ice-T cover album or something, like, I want every song to be about, like, I don't have an anger issue. You just won't let me play Xbox because Oprah. And you won't let me eat my ham sandwich. And I got, I'm on the fucking clock. God damn. Like, you know, I want a lot. I want institutionalized, like, two and institutionalized three and institutionalized four in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I, I, want you, I want. I want the next body count album to be Body Count Get Off My Lawn. You know, and just <laughs> ice. 
Ice Seed was railing against everything, like an angry old man. All right. In the um, in the interest of time, um, so Goat Whore album uh, just came out yeah. today. However, it's not on Spotify yet. Uh, I'm hoping it will be. If it is, we'll do Goat Whore uh, two weeks from two weeks and a few days from today. So um, the 15th next week is supposed to be the Whiskey Rebellion. And then the 17th is Batman the Animated Series on the Long Road to Ruin, which would make... I, I can't participate. Which would make, I believe, the 24th the next time we do this show. So hopefully by then, Goat Whore will have put their album up on Spotify. Uh, if they have, then that's what we'll be reviewing. If they haven't, then we'll do the new Corrosion of Conformity. Some other albums you can look forward to us reviewing will be the new Judas Priest and uh, in August the new um, Ailstorm. So look, be on the lookout for those. And eventually I'll let Robert pick an album again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right now there's a slew of stuff coming out that I want to that I want to listen to. So um, I gave up. I'm, I'm, I initially was going to make Robert review the new, new uh, Hell Yeah, but it's not worth reviewing. So <laughs> let's move on. Huh. Oh, wow. So, Finally. Yeah, for, like, it was so bad, it made you go the other way. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so look for Goat Whore or Corrosion of Conformity. Look for Judas Priest. And look for Alestorm coming up over the next couple of months. Oh, and look for Cannibal Corpse. There's a Cannibal Corpse album coming out, I think, in September. We'll be doing that one as well. So Thursdays, ten o'clock will be the next will be the next show in uh, two weeks. Um, Jesse Starcher's show uh, from the cheap seats uh, will have to move to Wednesdays. Um, I'm assuming you guys are still on an every other week schedule, and it's ten o'clock to accommodate Cooper Coop's work schedule. Um, yeah, that'll be starting as of that'll be starting as of next week. Um, as I said, Long Road to Ruin is a week from Thursday. We'll be looking at Batman, the animated series. Um, Casual Heroes, you check out uh, our shows. They usually go up um, either Friday or over the weekend whenever Chris's Lazy Butt gets around to it. And uh, Everyone Loves a Bad Guy is every Friday night, unless there's a holiday and Robert just doesn't want to do it. Sunday night is the 401 Ground and Pound show at 8 o'clock with him and Jeff Harris. Give that a listen. And... Um, Look for uh, – for those of you who wanted to hear our Transformers review, Blog Talk Radio is a fucker, and it, uh, we, we couldn't get the show on Blog Talk Radio, so we went ahead and did it on Google Hangout. Uh, it's available on my YouTube page. Just uh, go to Mark Rattledge on YouTube. You'll, you'll see my page. You'll see a review for Transformers Age of Extinction. Uh, you'll see the last uh, alternative commentary for UFC 174 and some other videos I did back in the day. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, I think that's everything. Ra- uh, Cooper, we have like five minutes left, so don't go forever on this. Um, got any Sentai Rider coming up? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you for uh, asking. A friend of mine gave me his old laptop because mine is still on the fritz. So, uh, I said oh, five yeah. Minutes. What? Get on with it. I said we have five minutes. Get on with it. Oh, I'm going. I'm going. 
So, yeah, uh, hopefully Hunter and I will be recording a new episode tomorrow night to be posted probably to go live on Saturday. Uh, we'll be doing Kamen Rider Gaim up to episode 24, so it's only like two or three episodes. And after that, we'll be doing like a 10 episodes like summary, uh, you know, to get start getting us caught up to what's, you know, around usually uh, around going right now. So we have that. We're going to catch up on Tokyo the new Garo series, probably new Power Rangers, because that's four episodes right there. So, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. We're, I know I'm really excited for it. And uh, if you haven't already, uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sentai Rider Podcast. That is S-E-N-T-A-I-R-I-D-E-R podcast. Uh, there's also, of course, this podcast. And from Teat Seats, which was mentioned earlier, and uh, the fourth podcast that I'm a part of actually uh, was live today at 1, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the uh, – Wrestling to the Max page on Spreaker.com. It's it's called the uh, Cooperative Multiplayer Podcast, which is, it is myself, Sean Garmer, and Daniel Anderson as we talk video games. And I make sure they have an explicit tag because I say fuck a lot. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who'd have thought? Right, I, cool. I, what? I said, all right, cool. we'll talk yeah. to you in about a week and a half. Jesse. It was very. It was great having you on the show. You had a lot of insight. You were welcome back at any time. If there's something that you have a burning desire to uh, talk about, uh, just hit me up and we'll have you on. Uh, much appreciated. Again, check out his show every other week, um, starting Wednesdays, uh, from the cheap seats where uh, he brings it like a boss, talking sports with uh, Robert Cooper and Jason Teasley. Uh, any last words? And literally, you have one minute. Go. Uh, thank you very much for having me on here, guys. I appreciate it. From the cheap seats, from the cheap seats, from the cheap seats. There we go. Jason Teasley should be happy. <laughs> All right. Okay, folks, this has been another edition of the Rattlet and Broadcasting Network's Metal Hammer of Doom podcast reviewing body counts, manslaughter. Uh, we hope to hear from you soon. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. For everyone involved, be well, be safe, and...